I don't back down from these absurd claims. Hello out there. Hello world. Wow. Welcome to Five Minutes. I don't know why I'm saying wow. I knew we were going to record. Wow. What? <laughs> What's happening? Are you? Are we doing a podcast all of a sudden? Oh, dude, have I not told you? We've been doing a podcast for a while now. This is like the oh. 12th episode or something. Oh, I thought this was just like... Just I actually like don't a, know. Yeah, 12th you're, episode. You're giving this to the world? You're showing our private conversations <laughs> to the you, world? You lied to me? <laughs> I guess that wouldn't really sell, though, since I've been talking about how much I love our listeners in Finland. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We oh, have raise had... A, raise a glass of uh, Jalu. To those guys, that's it's the uh, it's a Finnish cognac I discovered. Ooh, yeah. So I thought you were gonna to say them. it was like a holiday or something. Is it a holiday? Mm, um, no, I think it's a ho- maybe holiday drink though. Maybe it's. I think it's kind of like brandy would be in England or like. Uh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Or beer in America or Fireball <laughs> in America <laughs> or whipped cream flavored. Uh, what's that? St- Oh, I'm missing the uh, U- yeah UV. Yeah, <laughs> it's I'm their version the, uh... of whipped cream flavored UV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing the obvious one though, whiskey in Ireland. <laughs> there you go, boy. Which is where our other listeners are. So I apologize to those people. We have some Irish listeners for sure. Yeah, I don't know how many. Again, the uh, uh, the statistics are a little confusing, if I'm being honest. But we can see generally that people are listening. So. We have to keep talking about fish. That's what they demand. <laughs> we just want to thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot for listening. Um, <laughs> so we are, of course, gathered here today once again oh. to talk about a band that um, we've both heard, I think, before. This isn't once the first twice. time. Yeah, not the very first time, but. But, you know, it always feels, it feels like the <laughs> first time. And, uh <laughs> We're here to talk about fish. That's with a PH uh, and their performance that took place on Wednesday, June 12th of 2019 at the Chaffetz Arena in St. Louis at yes. St. Louis University in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I looked up, I, ha- I think it's Chaffetz. Yeah. Uh, usually the names of things are for people, oh. uh, you know, who are like old and gone. But uh, Chaffetz, this guy is v- very much still alive. He's like a very rich guy who went to the University of St. Louis and is like a philanthropist. I did not so, know that. Yeah. And I, it I might did be a tiny bit of research. It actually might be Chaffetz. Chaffetz, yeah. That yeah. means, yeah, well, not sure. the if important you know, thing is write he's into still us alive. at yes. mailbag at gmail.com. Richard, if, you're, if you yourself are listening, we would love to, uh, I think that was his first name. Uh, we would love to. We, we would love to uh, talk to you. He's like a neurosurgeon or oh, something snap. slash philanthropist. Yeah, he's uh, it's a it's a big deal and uh, and a St. Louis University uh, alumnus. Hence the uh, patronage of the uh, arena. Nice. And if he's into, I mean, if he's into philanthropy, you know, I'm. You can. You can. I'm. I could. Use yeah. Some help. We can plug your company and uh, and all that stuff once we. Uh, figure out exactly what it is we'll write a jingle uh, my half-assed internet research of (laughs) of you (laughs) i even watched a youtube video just to see if somebody pronounced his name and then i still i think you got it i I think i still got it wrong my friend amy is from st louis so she's mentioned uh the name before and if i recall correctly it was uh chaffetz just because she's a huge uh, yeah huge blues fan 
Yeah, and that's an excellent uh, podcast-worthy transition into what is going to be a topic of conversation on this podcast, which is the St. Louis Blues hockey team, who, while Fish was performing this particular show, (laughs) (laughs) happened to be in Boston (laughs) winning the Stanley Cup (laughs) in Game 7 against the Boston Bruins. Um, You and I were talking about this, so I'm imagining this is... uh, You're... Now in uh, you're now behind the wheel of this crazy 3.0 machine. You're the one picking the uh, the newer yeah. quote unquote newer shows. We're not doing the four point. We're doing post breakup. That's what we're saying. We're getting rid of the point oh system <laughs> here on five fins. <laughs> but you're the one picking the uh, post 2009 shows, and I'm imagining this was like a large uh, part of the reason that you picked this show, right? Sort of. So it was like the the main reason was because of one of the specific songs that I knew they would play a version of just having listened to the show before. Yeah. But I didn't. Uh, yeah. And it's funny because that actually didn't even end up being like the most important thing to me. But I know. Um, I know. We'll get crazy. to it obviously. But yeah. But that's. Uh, yeah. So that's why I picked this show. Also because I was listening to it while it was happening and remember being super excited because like I said have a friend who's a big blues fan and I knew she was like super stoked that um they were even in the finals and that they were like kicking some butt and also I hate the Boston Bruins so that's even better now is this person uh, a hockey uh sorry is this person a fish fan as well or just a hockey fan um I think she's cool with fish she's not like a a head or anything she's more of a punk girl Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, when I when I hear this show, uh, it makes me think like, uh, I you know I only root for sports teams that lose, so this isn't like a thing that I'm like aware of. But if Fish was like playing in the venue, if they were like playing, you know, like I'm trying to think. I guess baseball wouldn't work because they wouldn't be playing. They wouldn't be right. doing a show there in November. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if somehow for some reason that was happening with, like, the Mets or Jets, I would I would be losing my entire mind. Like, I don't even know what, what would be going through my brain. So if I can't imagine Jets what it's like for it. these Blues fans if they were, like, at the show that they had planned to go to for a while and then been like, shit, should I watch Game 7 or go to this fish show? It seems like kind of a lot a lot to deal with, you know? Yeah, I mean, if the Jets were ever in the Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure Trey would just, like, cancel the Trey, show. Trey roots for the Jets. They, so people he, would understand, too. So Yeah, I think he would... Uh, I think he, would pr- he wouldn't cancel the show, but I think he would definitely talk about it on stage. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the actual main reason that I picked the show, other than the song that I was that I mentioned, is that I think 2019 is the possibly the, like the best year of fish up until I'm presuming possibly this year, maybe. And I will back that up as we go. But that you is, know me. I like to make bold claims and I'm not afraid to do it. That is That's what I'm here for. That is a that is a just a bombshell to drop this early in the episode. Yeah. I love it though. It's I'm I'm all get about crazier. it. Um the I mean I don't agree with you at all, like, uh, but I'm all about oh, the well, claim. Well, yeah. I mean you're wrong. I'm right <laughs> in this case, but I'm just kidding. But um the other bombshell I would like to drop right now is my patented sneak attack. Oh dear! Ooh, God, it gets better, better every, every time. time. So, Kev, <laughs> uh huh. How many single night stops, shows, run, whatever would be the right terminology, did Fish make on this tour? I could give you one as an example, so you know what I'm talking about. If you're not sure, you just mean like they played one show and didn't do another, basically. 
Right. So like not like a Dick's where you get three nights, literally just like a single show at a, a city or or venue. Okay. Oh, man. Uh, wow. That is a... And I counted the whole year, I should say, which is a little unfair, I know, but... Yeah, you didn't just count the summer or the uh, kind right. of right. But if it year. if it helps, um, there was a that was the winter tour year. Right, right, okay. Um, I mean, I'm just gonna have to venture a complete guess here, because yeah. uh, there's no way that I know this, but I th- I feel like they did one. They did a single show in Bangor that year. I could be wrong about that, but I'm going to go ahead and say that plus there was like maybe a couple in summer and like a couple in the winter tour, like you said. So I'm going to say like, I'm going to say five. Oh, man. You were so close. Oh, God. Really? Um, It wasn't Bangor, though. They did a two night run that year. Oh, OK. Um, OK. It was six shows. The shows are Philly, which was the. That um, remember the Spectrum show or whatever? Yeah. Okay. Like the yeah, yeah. Yeah. One. Yeah. Right. The XM. Yeah. There was a Pittsburgh show. Uh, okay. They played the single night at uh, Uniondale, of course, for the Island Tour. Uh, oh right. A, yeah. Yep. Yeah. They played a single night in Charlotte. Uh, I think during the Winter Tour. Okay. Um, I don't remember that at all, but I probably watched. They played it. a a single night in Cuyahoga. Cuyahoga. And... <laughs> okay. <laughs> And a single night in Toronto. Oh, Toronto. Okay. So six Sneaky, total. Right? Wow. Six total, which actually really surprised me when I was looking it up. I was in a, I was expecting it, you know, maybe like three or four or something, but a lot of those shows. That is a that is a decent amount. So we're talking right they actually are still on stage right now. This they're playing night one of the uh, man center tonight. Uh, but they ju- they had just done a one-off in Bangor on Sunday, and that produced a 30-minute long down with disease, uh, which I have not heard yet because I'm such a diligent podcast host that I have been focusing my fish listening exclusively on the St. Louis show from 2019. We have to, though. We can't. You can't just like just throw that in there and then just walk away from it you got to own this so so you believe i mean i don't have to walk away yeah so so just run me through this really quick the claim here is that you're saying 2019 is the best fish year outside of um okay so i guess i would say it's the best that fish played at any time so far up until and i you know i said this year will more than likely possibly be better it seems like it's on that track to this year was I think 2019 was the year that it was so good that it like sparked it like just this fire. I think the best jams. I mean, okay, so first of all, it is the best tweezer of all time. I will not hear otherwise. And I should mention I the, haven't listened the 1230. It's definitely better than Tahoe. Yes, correct. We should it's we better should than clue Tahoe our tweezer. audience into the exact tweezer that you're referencing. But you're you're talking about the 123019. Yes performance of tweezer at msg that you and i were both at yes and, yes. and third pod silent third podcaster mike who's probably going to come up in this episode as well at some point but yeah okay. we should have like a way to call mike in where we do like a cousin kyle <laughs> thing like a jerry springer like mike is here right now why don't you come on out mike that would be great i would love yeah. to do that <laughs> so i'm i'm i think that that is the best tweezer 
it's Except fantastic. That's a conversation to be had. But continue on with your thoughts about the year in general. I, I'm curious. Sure. Um, so it had a great Mexico run. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. The Mexico uh, thing was on my mind, but continue. So tour opens and it's just nuts right off the bat. But they came to, I saw them at SPAC, right? You sure and did. I remember saying to you, stayed at your house without you there, which was interesting. <laughs> this um, is true. This is true. I remember. You sent me a picture of my cat. I remember that. That's a really exciting <laughs> moment for me. <laughs> I remember thinking after I, after they played that Town With Z's that that was possibly the best. And I remember saying to you, I was like, that was the best jam so far. Just everything about that that tour had a special quality to it. It has the the famous um, underneath a sea of stars or beneath a sea of stars. Yep from right? from the Mohegan Sun from arena. Mohegan Sun. Yep. Okay. It has the famous Ruby Waves. Absolutely great, fantastic the f- show all the way around. But the yep. very iconic Ruby Waves from Alpine Valley. Uh huh. Famous tweezer. Famous, um, the down with Z's that I saw should be famous, even though it's not. Um, <laughs> it has the famous uh, 20 years later, 22 minutes, 20 years later. That's from the winter tour? Yes. Okay, yeah, I remember that one. Okay. So all of these things are happening. And then if you go and look at the rest of the sets, like there was no slowing down for them. They just kept plowing through stuff. And I think that the jamming itself was tighter and more... Um, so the analogy that I would like to make is, as we know, in the early stages, early years of Fish, Trey is more the band leader than any, than, you know what I mean? There's not, like, when even when they're jamming, like, it's Trey up front, everyone else kind of is doing their thing in the background Absolutely. a little bit. Yeah, that that's that's an undeniable, I mean, it's so, somewhat yeah. deniable. So that's but, like yeah. their, depending on what driving you're ta- a, years you're talking about, I mean, yeah, you he becomes right, more so egalitarian got, he's, be, towards the exactly. end of the 90s but i understand what you say okay yes go yeah ahead. so so the first first part there that's trays in the driver's seat he's driving along and then they take a little break they come back from that break okay and now they have a minivan and you know trey's been driving for a while so he thinks to himself you know i hate giving up the steering wheel but i do trust these guys i'm going to take a nap so he takes a little nap <laughs> well, the other guys start to take turns driving. Then they start to realize, well, we might be stepping on each other's toes a little bit. So what we should do is we should buy an SUV, but not just any SUV, an electric SUV, because that's better for the environment. And that's <laughs> when they really start to go. Yeah. And they're all switching. They're doing Chinese fire drills. So I don't know if there's a non Racist yeah, we need to come up one, with a new with new thing, but I understand what you're talking about. We, we're, 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 I didn't even think about it until I started to say it. No, I, I don't even know yeah. what it means. I know. And so, what, uh, what does that's it why mean? racism is so stupid. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> These expressions <laughs> don't even don't oh, even make God. sense. What is get this? more creative, you racists? <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, they they do this every time they get at a stoplight. They all get out and switch seats and everything, and it's just all over the place. And I really think that's on full display. Now, granted. Could it be that I've just been listening to 2019 a whole bunch? Yes, of course. But I don't back down from these absurd claims. You know what 2019 reminds me of? The way that it flows the whole year. Ups and downs and valleys and peaks and crazy things. It's like Dark Star. Okay? So anyway, so uh, what? You, <laughs> so the claim here uh, is interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's called anticipation. 
<laughs> so this this is an interesting claim. So for 2019 as a preparatory thing, the the entire year in terms of uh, following it on kind of you know fish internet but specifically fish.net forums basically was uh, the prognosis on this year was that while it was good there was generally a sort of malaise about the overwhelming amount of new material that was flowing into the band at this time so right before uh this tour happened we got the ghost of the forest tour we're going to talk about that a little bit later Which is everything good that was new coming in, so I don't understand what these people are complaining about. And then also (laughs) including the Casbah Fox material, which had debuted uh, on Halloween the year before. And at this point, there's the precedent is well set that if they're going to do a Halloween set with entirely new original material, you can bet that you're getting multiple ones of those like in the touring year to come. So I definitely understand uh, the apprehension to that. As somebody following it at the time, I felt a little bit of that. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it, in terms of the show we're about to talk about, it's kind of funny because we get <laughs> one of those, uh, We you know, we get a song from each of those in each of the sets. So it's mm-hmm. in a way it's apropos that, you know, or, or in a way it's appropriate for the 2019 experience to get like a song from each of those in each set. But in this case, I think they're possibly like my favorite songs from each of the, of the respective projects. I think my, my experience with 2019 as it was happening was, I think I was more positive than a lot of people were at the time about it, but I can't lie that I don't totally share the enthusiasm only because if you're talking about the New Year's tweezer, that's great, but that's literally 1230 so that I kind of connect that like between years. But I understand, you know, it is. Well, it it's is, been a wonderful podcast, everybody. It's, uh, <laughs> it's spiritually <laughs> tied in. Yeah. If we're talking specifically about like the summer tour or the early part of the summer here, I think that the problem up until Alpine Valley was that while there were great sections of shows, it felt like there was a problem with them kind of completing an entirely great transcendent show and uh, i think i kind of agree with that i hate to say although but then you didn't listen to the show for today (laughs) i didn't i did i forgot to listen to the show (laughs) i i i don't totally share your enthusiasm about 2019 but i'm more positive than a lot of other people are about it and also i thought uh that alpine valley show was the last show of summer tour and that was such an incredible experience watching that that I think even the hardest of like internet critics kind of softened on the whole year because of that show. And it was almost like <laughs> watching that show was insane because it was almost like I'm not saying this happened because I don't think it did, but it's almost like if Fish, like if Trey had like printed out the, uh, if, you know, fish.net page for like what songs have we played the longest time? It's like, Hey, uh, Spock's brain. Let's do that. Like, it's just like, it was like every, like every moment of that show was insane. Like they did Olivia's pool. That would be a great one to, to, uh, to cover someday. That, that show is just insane top to bottom. And it has the crazy Ruby. I will cover, I will cover any and all 2019 shows. I like you going out on a limb here though. This is great. Like I mentioned how, when we did the 2016 show, that was a similar vibe where, people were kind of overall like down on it as a year, but I think you and I for that show were both kind of like, this is good. And then obviously it got really fiery at the end, but I like that you went, I like that you went so far. uh, I mean, I was also webcasting almost the entire tour. That's another thing. Yeah. Right. Just amazing. Just boom, back to back. I love their jamming in this 
era. The, the, so sometimes, you know, you can get two types of, I mean, obviously type two fish jams, but it seems like sometimes you have the jams that just stay at a, a pace that just keep going full, like either full bore and then they do one thing or the other. But in this year, there seems to be a lot of like movement between the spacey stuff and the fast stuff. And whereas before, maybe you'd get like one into the other and then a switch out of a song. I feel like this year it was really unpredictable. There's a there's an element of of surprise to their their jams, whereas before it might have been like more radio had asked no surprises. <laughs> That's uh, that song is not about jamming. Right. I mean, that's not completely true, because obviously all fish is a surprise and that's what makes it so amazing. But um. Now, I, I mean, like just out of curiosity, it's a little less predictable. Now, that's that's interesting. I mean, that's an interesting point. But out of curiosity, like, so, what do you get out of 2019? Do you feel as opposed to like 17 and 18? Because I feel my feeling is that Baker's doesn't was this huge peak, and I think 18 is actually oh. also as good, really. But it just doesn't have you know the donut themes and all the. But I think really jamming wise, I think like. And I'll agree with you. Like, I think 2019, I think the thing is, Baker's Dozen maybe, I'm, it's obvious, you know, I will never on this podcast ever say it's overrated. <laughs> but at this, like, uh, you can easily find, you know, 13 shows they've played since then that stack up against those shows, right? So I think in 2019, if you're talking about the Camden show, I don't know if you mentioned, I don't know if you listened to that. That was, an, that's an incredible show, too. Alpine Valley, like you mentioned, the 1230 Both show. Nights. Yeah, we can get into this in the show. I, I I'm not a hundred. I'm not as enthusiastic as you are um, about it, which is interesting. I don't. I don't think that I could like. I, I'm not. Nineteen is not a year I would rank against seventeen favorably. To be honest with you. Oh, oh boy. All right. Well, that's gonna plant up. That's that's a flag planted in the sand right there. Well, that's a, We're gonna have to bookmark that. I'm gonna definitely need another uh, shot of Yalu after that one. Well, we have Jalu, long teased Yalu, whatever it is. <laughs> we have long teased the uh, Baker's Dozen Five Fin series, and it might just have to happen in order to uh, to validate the, the these to claims that right. I'm making. Yes, <laughs> sure. Let's go with that. Uh, <laughs> but we we can we can get more into this stuff with the show. I did want to sort of bring up the hockey game angle, so. I don't really oh, yeah. exactly remember. I so I was living in Los Angeles at the time, and uh, but you and I were in safe to say regular contact throughout the, <laughs> throughout this event, and both watching the webcast. And do you remember? Were you watching the game prior to the show? Yes. Uh, so, uh, like I said, had a, have a friend who was uh, right, a big right, Blues right. fan. So I kind of got into the Blues myself that year a little bit. I was like, you know, I'll cheer for the West for a team from the West to make it. I'm cheering for a team from the East, go Rangers. And I'll throw in throw in a team from the West. Why not? As long as they don't play in the finals. And then obviously Boston makes it to the finals and I'm cheering against them no matter what. <laughs> okay. So uh, I do, I remember, because uh, part of it was that I was working a lot then at night. So I had to listen. I would buy the webcast and then just like watch when I could but mostly just listen to the show yeah um, so I was used to doing that and I remember I stepped outside of my house probably for a cigarette in the way that my house is you can see the tv if you stand at just such an angle from outside so I was watching through a window uh as fish was playing 
and the blues were kicking butt. Gotcha. Yeah, because I uh, I looked up the highlights of the game too, and uh, I gotta say, it's a good game. Yeah, good game. I gotta say the uh, that goalie really won it for the Blues. It seemed like there was a lot of times where the Bruins could have scored, and he made like an incredible save. Um, oh yeah, but uh, it's um, oh man, why can't I'm blanking on his name? It's like it's like Bennington. Burlington or something, isn't it? It's like yeah, uh, Bennington. Bennington. Uh, see Bennington. another Vermont, yeah. another Vermont city. See fish connection. Uh, <laughs> 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 I think by the time the show began. I could be wrong about this, but they were the game had already started, so I want to say that Blues were already off to a lead when the yes, um, I think they took the lead early and never looked back. And that does, in some ways, I think color a lot of the experience of what happens in the show, knowing what where the crowd is, kind of mentally, you know. And uh, when we come back, we will talk about the June twelfth, twenty nineteen fish show from the from St. Louis. Let's just say it, from the St. Louis University Arena sponsored by this philanthropist whose name I can never pronounce correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Five Fins. You know, I have more <laughs> song or show saved from 2019 <laughs> than any other year in fish. Okay, I'm just okay. gonna. I'll just okay. throw that out there. Okay, we're here. Okay. To <laughs> All right. <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. It's all good. I'm sorry. It's all good. I would like to make a toast before we start, though. Okay. Um, a toast to me for picking the greatest set list that we have done thus far on this. Wow. Show. That was um does that even qualify as only get hype as a humble brag? That was just a regular brag. From here. Yeah. No, nothing humble from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is gonna be very interesting. <laughs> this is gonna be I can already tell uh how this is gonna go and I'm excited for it. Uh so we are here. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the most recent show we've done on the podcast so far. Um Though we're still pre-pandemic era, but this is Wednesday, June twelfth of twenty nineteen, from St. Louis. They're in the arena. The Blues play in as the Blues are about to win the Stanley Cup, but they're in Boston. Obviously, It'd be tough to have a fish show mm-hmm. and a hockey game at the same time. Uh, th- uh, not not everybody in the crowd would be fit to be uh, you shoved into the boards and get a face wash and all that stuff. That'd be kind of a bummer <laughs> if you're trying to like just hang out and watch a show. Oh, face wash. That's sort of like what it is what it, when you're dancing next <laughs> look to Look it up or don't. Or don't. If you don't know what you. it is, maybe don't look it. Or, or uh, you can if you want to. But anyway. Uh, Everyone here has been in a line that like the security is moving too slow and you get to the middle and it's like a big crowd. It's like that, but worse. <laughs> well said. So we're here in St. Louis, Missouri. I was living in LA, but you and I are texting each other furiously during the set. I'm sure you were hitting me up about the hockey game too. Didn't you call back the uh yeah. the text we sent cuz I am two phones away from that. Yeah, I, I had a couple. I had a had a couple. 
I had a couple saved. Okay, we'll hit them as we uh, go. So we yes. open set one with Chalk Dust Torture. Boy, do we. This is the second version of nine that they would do in 2019. So a note for these uh, amount of times they've done it is that basically at this point they had only done Mexico and the night before, but they didn't repeat anything from the night before, obviously. So everything is either <laughs> the first or second version they've done, essentially, except... Uh, yeah, no, I think everything is either the first or second version they've done. So we're talking about Chakta's torture as an opener here, and um, this is a uh, the kind of normal, straightforward version as opposed to like an exploratory, long jam version. Although it does have like really cool moments in it. W- the first thing we have to talk about though uh, is Trey's guitar tone. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is filthy, and I mean that in the best way possible. Yep. It's like Fish yes. does not play heavy metal music, but if they decided to do a Slayer cover he would not have had to change his guitar tone. And it's kind of insane when you first start hearing Chalk Dust, I have to admit. I even listened to some of the newer versions that they've done, and he's obviously made changes to his rig that I think probably you would know better than I would about the changes he's made. Right. I think it's just a compressor, really. Oh, well, there's other stuff. Yeah, there's Whatever stuff. it is, he is... I'd have to watch the video. Yeah, he is... Uh, aggressive this is a very aggressive guitar tone (laughs) (laughs) this is this is the this is the he is dropping he's dropping the gloves with this guitar tone he's grabbing your jersey grabbing your sweater saying he's yeah he's going full patrick maroon on on everybody that's a blues reference this is a this is a his guitar tone is the goon of this entire show it's just it's it's just (laughs) out there just being aggressive I appreciate it, and I also think, especially in the second set when they start jamming, the ways that he's kind of using it and playing around it is really interesting because, you know, if you listen to some of the like the earlier Fish stuff, he's, his tone can be kind of like light at times, you know, and, and the fact that it is like this is the complete fucking opposite of that uh, is is very interesting to me. I like this version of Chalk Dust. It's, uh, it flirts with a little bit of Type 2 territory, here, hither and yon. Yeah. Uh, it's very good rhythmically. It's not one of those that's just Trey ripping your face open. It's a very sort of band, full band version, but it's not exploratory as a jam. I went with four fins for Chuck Dust Torture as the opener here. That's reasonable. I'll accept that. Um, <laughs> There's yeah, going to be some I, I you went, are not going to accept. I'm going to let that. <laughs> oh, I also, should I, s- let, let me, uh, as a precursor here, uh, we're about to play five fins. The way we play five fins is that we rank every song one through five fins last time i said we rank every song one out of five fins that nothing could be further from the truth uh (laughs) 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 we rank songs on a scale of one to five fins there's an added wrinkle in that if any of the songs we rank are below five fins we can get those back and use those extra fins at any time so for example if i rate a song as a three out of five i now have two fins at my disposal so i could rank the next song seven fins or i could rank any song at any point, <laughs> seven fins. We keep them <laughs> in our in our proverbial uh, saddlebag. I don't know. We need a name for wherever we're stashing our extra fins, our, our warehouse. 
And uh, yeah, it's got our fish tank. No, our fish t- we'll figure it out. We'll we'll do we'll work on it. Yeah. But uh, the little we're gonna call it the little treasure chest that is in most fish tanks that opens up and closes <laughs> like the bubbles from Finding Nemo. We can come. A- That's the whole. Yeah, name. and it'll be like a fish. It'll be like P Y I T E. Like we'll find a whole. We'll find out whatever <laughs> the acronym is. Uh, yeah. So I went with uh, I, or I came into today's show. Uh, there was a surprise upset, which I don't think we mentioned last week, which is that I came into today's show with actually more extra than than you. I had eight point four remaining. You have eight point one. So yeah. uh, we start out. I gave Chuck Does Torture a four. What did you rank Chuck Does Torture, my friend? My friend. Uh, well, okay, that was good. I went um four point three. So uh, I the thing that I liked about this uh, version of Chalk Dust is that unlike uh, most of the jamming that usually happens where, you know, you get to the jam and then they s- they kind of follow the pattern of the song and then they might work their way into type two. I felt like this one like launched into a type two jam and then worked its way backwards out of that jam, which I thought was really cool. I love that part of it. Um, and I think it's a very cool use of uh, intro or opener. I, I like Chalk Dust as an opener. I think it really sets a great tone for the show. It tells you the boys are ready, that they're uh, they're ready to live while they're young. The night is young. People there are young. The majority of the blues players were probably young <laughs> because that's how professional athletes true, are. True. So, uh, yeah, 4.3. Yeah, I, this feels to me very much also like a response to the idea of opening uh, a show where people are already really fucking excited. <laughs> you know, it's like mm-hmm. their their team is about to win the Stanley Cup. So or, you know, at this point, they ha- they have the lead. It's not it's not in hand yet, but they, they're they're beginning to smell it a little bit. <laughs> so I think oh, yeah. uh, I think this is kind of a there's already energy in the room. Let's kind of whip that up into a frenzy. And it's funny because they kind of continue that trend and then. I feel like <laughs> tap the brakes a little bit like, hey, we have to do a three hour show here. <laughs> we can't just run every we can't run all these levels into the red immediately. We kind of have to work it out. But uh, yeah, great opener. <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah, it does flirt with some type two stuff. And uh, Paige, should we just say out immediately? We don't usually do show MVP stuff, but I mean, Paige, like I don't is yeah. like Paige a blues fan or yeah. something like what the hell's going on? He just lo- he's, he's so into this. It's crazy. It's amazing. He's a synthesizer fan. He's all over it. <laughs> we didn't mention the fact that uh, there have been other instances of fish uh, playing and teams winning uh, uh, things. I'll, I'll do that at the beginning of the second <laughs> set. We'll we'll touch we'll touch on that. Um, our next track is MoMA Dance. I gotta say something about MoMA real quick. Okay, I think it's better than the Met. Okay, uh, I've never seen the dance before, so I don't know what that whole part is about. Or oh wait. Is this a song? This isn't the MoMA, the this Museum is a, of Modern Yeah, this, Art. Is, this a is a song a, that Fish wrote uh, in the 90s. No. Yeah. Mm. Well, just give me your ranking of the museum, and that's, we'll see if it matches up with the song. Gotcha. Well, the museum I would only give like a four, but the <laughs> song I gave Have you actually a been five. to the MoMA? The museum? Yeah, but they wanted that like donation thing, and they were like, <laughs> it'd be better if you did, and I was like, it would not be better if I did. I don't have any money. I've never been to MoMA. I've ha- I have been to the Met, but I've never done the MoMA. I gotta say, I I am always. Uh, I kind of like. I can dig some modern art. Yeah, I, I I would go. I think. Yeah, I feel like when I'm in New York, I look homeless at all times, <laughs> to the extent that 
Silent Mike sometimes has to tell me that I shouldn't, <laughs> I, that I should like change my clothes because I might not look presentable. I like Silent Mike, like Silent Bob. <laughs> yeah, isn't that good? If there, we have instead of si- uh, Jay and Silent Bob, it's Randy and Silent Mike. Randy and Silent Mike. Oh yes, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, what did you rank Moba um, Dance, Dan? I uh, I gave it a five. I thought that uh, they were super tight. I called it, uh, it kind of feels like a little bit of a playoff fish. You know what I mean? I know they got some hockey going on. They tighten all the loose ends, keep it nice and nice and uh, tight. And uh, I, I said that there was no need for me to put any timestamps because the whole thing was great. You know, Trey sometimes, the way he just like takes over and just like crushes it on guitar over everything and just all of a sudden you just hear his loud ass guitar coming through he's like a non-douchey version of uh, robbie robertson but significantly better oh my goodness <laughs> that is i'm bringing the heaters tonight man, man that is so far afield from anything that i thought anyone would ever say about this version of moba dance i'm just gonna have to take a second mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. uh compose it's gonna get worse Okay. Uh, I wasn't even eating candy while I was listening to most of these. Maybe, maybe that was the problem. No. Um, let me see. So, <laughs> uh, so, so, so I I gave Moma Dance a three. This is going to be a real problem, man. We're going to have some issues. That's contentious so, already. I mean, I don't have a ton to say about it. I mean, I I dig Moma Dance. It's good. It's it's nice and it's nice in a second slot. This is going to mimic or uh, mimic is mimic are you allowed to mimic yourself this is going to be an echo <laughs> of things that i uh i'm going to say a little bit about this first set which is that this is kind of an average first set to me in a lot of ways uh-huh. um again we're talking about average great we're ranking things pretty highly <laughs> but i i don't see anything that uh, kind of pops out to me too much about this MoMA dance. But other than, you know, it's fine, but it just doesn't, there's nothing about it to me that sort of stands out. And wow. MoMA is probably an automatic four candidate as well, I think, uh, in terms of that it... So you think it was less good than the average MoMA? Well, three is average, is an average score out of out of five. Not for MoMA. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're ranking things one through five, so mathematic. There's no zero on the scale, so mathematically three is average. I think I brought the. Don't you talk to me about math? <laughs> I think I brought this up on the show. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks she's a smart lady. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, yeah, this is uh, maybe we disagree on this, but uh, you know, I, I'm I'm willing to hear you out with your with your 2019 opinions uh, as we go to our next track. Uh, which is the song <laughs> Waves. <laughs> All right, break my heart, and then I'll tell you why I disagree. I gave Waves four fins. I thought this was a good version of it. It's an interesting, this is the first version they would play out of three in the year. Uh, it's a interesting placement for it, uh, but I actually really like it. I like the, it coming earlier. You know, Waves is a song that it usually shows up in second sets, but this is already pretty much kind of similar to a second set version. Uh, it doesn't really... Generally speaking, outside of a few performances uh, in the earlier era, like there's the It Festival version, that's incredible. But this is usually a song that's just very nice and 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 flows really well to me. But um, I actually really appreciate it here in the in the first set as opposed to the second set. Um, doesn't knock my sock off though. It's it's fine. You know, it doesn't. Uh, my socks are off, but I didn't put them on. So 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were never knocked off. No, it, it, it's good. I, I like it. And uh, again, I like Trey's kind of like uh, taming his guitar tone for sort of more sweet songs like this. But uh, yeah, you know, it's pretty good. Give it a rock solid four fins. Okay, well, uh, there's no way we make so it through this. this point, we're gonna break uh, up on air. This is incredible. Yeah, it also it also didn't knock my socks off, but that's because they were knocked off in the last <laughs> song, which was also freaking amazing. You were this you one already com- my pants down. You were already completely nude by the time. Yeah, started there was, there was nothing left. Uh, so I got uh, I gave four point eight, um, and that was me saving fins. By the way, all of my rankings that are under five today are me saving fins. That is not a joke. <laughs> Um, I I love waves. Uh, the thing about this waves is that it's perfect placement. There's three rockers back to back to back. The band's hitting like the 2020 Dodgers in this one. <laughs> I mean, you could even say the 2019 Dodgers, but I don't like that year as much as I like the next one where they win the World now Series. We're, now we're getting into the territory offense. I do care about. Just 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 tread. Or I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna cut. I'm cutting deep. It's gonna get deep. <laughs> It's it already has, as far as I'm concerned. It's just such a it's such, it's such a gorgeous song. I think it fits perfectly into this slot. Struggled not to give it a five. <laughs> I, that's that's all I could say. The next one I gave a five too. Okay, yeah. So that's a good transition. So the next song is uh, bouncing around the room. And I walk. The song has a lot of uh, specific emotional significance to me. Also, it's like happens yes. to be one of Fish's like most popular songs. I think it's like one of the number one ones on the streaming services, right? It's like that and Farmhouse and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, you're right. I think it's Farmhouse bouncing around the room is the one. Like two, the, bou- the one bouncing two from bang, bang. Uh, the bouncing from a live one is very. Yeah, it's a very popular song. Um, this is the right. second version that they would do in 2019, and that was it. It's kind of sad. They did. They did one in Mexico well, and one here, and that was it. It was over. Uh, so they have a a, a a a song that they only did three times that year in this show, and a song that they only did two times this year on that show. So we'll continue on this show. Continue. Okay. You did some research for this, though. This is like I'm just pointing out the things to make my point. <laughs> a lot of pointing happening right now. If we were across from each other, it would be like in the chest. <laughs> It'd be the Spider-Man <laughs> meme where they're pointing at each other. There's um, so so you went with five fins on this um yes. So, okay, well I was gonna ask you if this was a candidate for automatic fours, but it sounds like you were not uh, down uh, with that well, idea. I mean, I yeah, I mean, I guess I would I would allow that. I would say like yes for sure on that. Like any other time, but when it's already when I'm already in like a if I'm already in a good mood. And I'm listening to and bouncing around the room comes on like I'm going to be in a great mood. You know, one of the first songs like you showed me, just one of the first songs that I'd heard from Vish ever. Uh, the lyrics to this song. And uh, as you know, I'm a stickler or not a stickler, but I love really good lyrics. And the lyrics to this song are uh, they are above. They're better than par. What's that? A birdie or an eagle? They're like that. You know what I mean? They are amazing <laughs> lyrics. Really good. An eagle, um, beautiful an eagle lyrics is that even fit better the than beautiful a birdie. Sound. So if you want to go with an eagle, then that yeah, one, that's that like one. two hole in one even. Yeah, well, that would be an eagle on a par three, but we don't need to talk about that. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, uh, uh, bouncing is a song that I never tolerate any uh, 
fish fan related hatred for those i have contempt for people yeah. who dislike this song <laughs> not real contempt Absolutely. but you know fish fan contempt well um as <laughs> well, close as we well, get well depending on the person um yeah no so I, i'm a huge fan of it but i do feel the automatic four vibe only because it literally is the exact same at all t- you know and that's part of its strength and i right. think part of something that makes it really great like i said it's it you know it's it tugs at my heartstrings a lot it's a song my dad introduced me to probably helped me get into the band a lot so you know it's one of those songs that has a lot of significance to me but i have a hard time yeah being like, that's a uh, this one was eight fins like why <laughs> you know but yeah um <laughs> no that's to come that's to come <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what's uh, funny though, actually, is that uh, now that you mention that, uh, if anyone out there has any friends who aren't into fish, first of all, have them email us at uh, five fins mailbag at gmail dot com, an actual email address. But also, um, if you're looking for that song, like let's say you know, once you get into fish, it's hard to recommend things without thinking of a really like long jam. You know what I mean? Um, Bouncing is a really nice song to show them. It high, it showcases the uh, ability of the band to harmonize um, in spite of them not having necessarily the greatest voices of all time, even though this show might dispute that And uh, as I continue my hyperboles. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a really nice... I feel like Bouncing, like you were saying, is like it's one of those songs that like you could hear it and it might pull you into that uh, orbit just enough to to suck you down that hole. So I will shout out my friend uh, Jeremy. I actually mentioned him earlier on the podcast one time that he had texted yeah. me about trying to get into fish. Um, <laughs> I don't really have an update on that front. I think he's probably still like kind of okay with it. But this is one song I definitely remember. He's he's uh, he's been in acapella bands and he's done a version of this song he really loves this song from the vocal perspective too yeah it's definitely one that i think connects to people outside of like uh <laughs> crazy <laughs> crazies <laughs> like us uh yeah and and i think rightfully so the harmonies yeah, it, the harmonies are also good. we should mention uh or we sh- we don't have to mention but i'm going to do you remember in college yeah. the bouncing around the room game Be- anybody i recommend anybody in any situation where you're listening to this song in a room with uh three people the bounce around the room game is that one of you picks uh, one of the harmonies, and then you try to keep doing it the whole time and see who screws up first. So I would always, Ooh, I would boy. always take the tray. You you remember doing this with Eric, right? A couple shout out to Eric, buddy. Yes, host. we would do this uh, also uh, bouncing. Good uh, buddy, friend of uh, the pod. Friend of the pod, uh, big bouncing fan, and we would do, uh, and uh, I would always do the. Um, I'd always do the tray part because I feel like that that's the one that you could pull off easiest. Anybody out there who's never done the uh, bounce around the room <laughs> game, I highly recommend it. Our next track is Undermined. I'm about to be in a lot do of the drop. I'm about to be in a lot of trouble. Do the drop. I, I, do whoa. I can already tell I'm going to be in a lot do, of trouble. All right, well, do the drop. Then insert the drop before you say the negative thing, so that I don't feel so bad about it. Dare you? Uh, I, 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 what did you give uh, it? I get a four. I, I thought it was pretty good. Okay. No, that's fair. Uh, that's, fair. that's all. That's, I, that's re- I didn't have a ton to say about it. Um, yeah. You know, I I I like it, and I, uh, but I. Ooh, okay. Well, I'm getting in trouble. I I do kind of like the. <laughs> I like how I'm working on pins and needles on my own fucking podcast. I. <laughs> yeah. You invited me onto this. This is what you get. <laughs> I bought. You knew my. I opinions bought my before tickets. We started. <laughs> I knew what I was getting into. 
I I don't enjoy effects drenched versions as much as the we can do the drop again. I'm walking off the set. Well, if I tie it in with a Darien compliment, does that help at all? The kind of the faster tray yes. more. I do like it though. Yes, it's a uh, it's a pretty solid one. Uh, this this automatic four thing, we have to eventually kind of hammer it down. I d- I do not think, for the record, that Undermine should qualify for that. But there's a lot of songs in okay, this good. set that I feel oh, disagree. are pretty. Uh, you know, a- as Fish fans would say, average great. You know. Great, but you know, great in co- in in the context of seeing other live music. But at, for fish, this there's not a ton here that's like just just really just really killing me. But obviously, there is for you. So, what did you rank? Undermine, Dan. Do not listen to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> I gave Undermine a four point three. Um, it's a nice little heater. It always is, though. You know what I mean? That's that's. I guess that's where you like. I get the four. With this one, it is, but at like 450-ish, right? There's like this little brief shift in tone for a second. And I love heavy effects, as you know. The more buttons that you press on a on a pedal board, anybody, yeah. the more I like it. I love that stuff. I, I agree with you in the the sense it's kind of like a sneaky good one in in the in terms of like, especially I think when you're in the venue and this is just like, this is a good placement for it, you know? Yes. It doesn't usually pass the test of like you're walking out of the venue like, dude, undermined. Like occasionally they've done like big versions of it, but you know, it's it's kind of one that's just like nice. But yeah, I, I think I still prefer the kind of earlier post breakup era, but that's just my own thing. So we're just going to have to get past that and that's yep. okay our next track is <laughs> this marriage will make it through our next track is heavy marriage <laughs> phyllis and bob their celebrity couple name is flob <laughs> our next track is heavy things yay dan do you know offhand if this is the first time we've done heavy things because you know what i meant to research that and i totally forgot but it's possible we have talked about it before and i don't remember so I apologize to our Finnish listeners and anyone around the world if we have, but I'm going to pretend like we've never <laughs> talked about it before. Was it in the Was it in the <laughs> Japan show? Do you remember? That would have been a candidate for that existing, uh, but I don't remember. I feel like maybe Jabu was, which yeah, we've done Jabu for sure. We we've covered yes. some Jabu. Heavy things. I'm going to let you go first, Dan. What did you rank heavy things? I gave it a excessively high four point six. <laughs> um. <laughs> I said, uh, at this point, there's no stopping this set. The steam engine is cranking. Two, <laughs> two. And I also said, at some point, the Lord said, play it, Leo. And he, <laughs> and did. he did. And it was good. <laughs> and it was good. <laughs> so that's all the reasoning I feel like I need to present behind this. Although, of course, you know. We have a different opinion about how fast this train was going in the first set, but that's okay. That's what we're <laughs> friends for. This is like our Dick's Picks 26 right here. <laughs> There's a lot of contention. <laughs> this is, I think, I think we're both on trains that are going forward, but you're on a high speed bullet train, and I'm on like, you know, one yeah. of those trains on in a, in like, a, like we used to have Hoffman's Playland around here where you would get on and there'd be like the 40-year-old guy behind wearing the conductor's hat like crouched into a little chair. So we're both we're oh both on gosh. trains. They're just not exactly moving at the same speed, but uh 
I'm on like that airplane, the Concorde that flew across the Atlantic at high speeds, and you're on like the self-pedaling train. I'm on the Wright Brothers flight, you're, <laughs> crashing you're, into the ocean. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's about it. I gave Heavy Things three fins. Um, I like Heavy Things as a uh. song, though. It's um, it's a uh, it's kind of a nice like like pop uh version of fish and i'm using pop in the uh, most liberal sense possible obviously yeah no that's it's a fair it's fair. um i will say that i will fair. say that's this fair. that's kind of interesting this is the only version of heavy things that they played in 2019 so there is that and then okay sort of a surprising thing to me when i looked up the performance history of it was that mm-hmm. you would assume that uh at least i had sort of assumed that if you were to look up any year, there would be like, you know, many versions of heavy things that had kind of come and gone that you don't remember. That's not really true. Like beginning, they played a few in 2018. They played this one. They played it at the gorge. So that those are the, so this is technically like the, they, they've only played one version of it since, since this show. Um, it doesn't show up as often as I actually had thought. There's something about it that uh, th- that was just something about it that I didn't know. I, I you would never call this song a rarity <laughs> by any means, but right, um, it actually doesn't pop up maybe as often as you think. I wanted to bring up a funny moment, which is that I was at the 2014 CMAC show with our friend Sunshine. Shout out <laughs> if he's uh, if he's listening. I'm assuming love you. Assuming Sunshine. he's not, but I... he might be. Love you. And I remember we they played heavy things at that in the first set of that show, and <laughs> the set ended, and he turned turned to me and he's like, "Man, that was so great." He's like, "God, oh, that was so good. I loved it. I loved that." What's that song? The <laughs> the woo woo wow <laughs> thing. And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, heavy things." And he's like, "Yeah, God, I hate that song." <laughs> <laughs> and I was just thinking, it's funny because there are certain fish songs that are like a little bit divisive. I, I don't know. Heavy Things is kind of, I think it depends on when you got into them. Like I think some people, and Sunshine's RH, so he just is not, <laughs> just doesn't dig it. But Yeah, so and I'd wager that there were other reasons. There might have been other reasons as well. As well but I, I think it's, it's so. one of those where I do feel like, yeah, sometimes I think people feel like it interrupts the flow of a show that's not my complaint here in fact i don't really have a complaint i just think it's like it's pretty average yeah it's good it's solid it's a a well-played uh version of the song but i don't really there's not a lot uh i have to add about it well i imagine the next one's gonna be just as bad anyway right well it's 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 uh i don't know about that it might get a little bit better so our next track is rogay dan what did you rank rogay what do you think i gave rogay I'm going to go ahead and say you probably gave it a five. I gave it a five, <laughs> Kev. I think that the positioning of this version of Rogue is a great positioning. There is a bass note on the synthesizer that happens at around a minute and 12 seconds that all I wrote down to describe it was dirty. <laughs> Anytime that's the only word that I use, I've it's good. It's good things are happening. And the other thing about Rogue is I feel like it's one of those songs that when you hear it, um, either through headphones or a speaker or anything. You don't have to be at the show because like, you can see yeah. um, the lights and like that swirling blue color that Kuroda just paints the background with, and it's just so freaking beautiful.
hard to say who is the MVP of this song because both Trey and Paige are just all over it. They're making some beautiful sandwiches, um, handing them out to the crowd with how amazing they are, and people are getting full, but not. But they're making room for more because obviously there's more coming. Did you know it was the second? Is it? I th- or I think it might be the second longest jam total volume in the set, which is a really cool thing about the Vermont Fish, right? Is that a song that is only nine minutes could technically have more jamming in it than a song that is eleven minutes. So you're saying when you said it has the most jamming volume, you mean like in quality purposes, basically? No, um, just strictly numerical. So I think that uh, Rogue had like six and a half minutes of jamming, and there are like eight-minute songs, but those only have about uh, like five minutes of jamming for the most part in the sh- in the first set. So you mean you're not including the uh, song part, like you're counting... Right. Yeah. If you just counted non-verse music, uh, Rogue is like the second. Oh, okay. Uh, has the second most amount of it in the set, which is something that I just think is really neat when it comes to fish. And and again, the, if the placement police were trying to arrest somebody tonight, they're not gonna get to. I was actually thinking we should switch it to placement patrol because that almost makes it sound less official. I like, that. like it's like Paul Blart Mall Cop level. So if the if the Placement patrol are looking to mess with anybody, mess with any uh, uh-huh. anything tonight. They're not getting in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're getting stopped <laughs> they're, at the door. They're, they're, no, there's an, they're saying no. we uh, we have this under control. Everything, yeah, this is everything's there's, fine. There's no nothing. Yes, everything is is cool. They're just strolling right along the sidewalk. There's exactly. a law abiding show right there. No problem. Yes. Yeah, I, I feel I feel they're, they're going to be saying move it along out of grumpiness at some well, point. Well, speaking here. of grumpiness, there is going to be some some of that coming forward uh, because we, you and there I are going to better not you be and I are going to disagree with stuff. But in terms of Rogay, oh boy, in terms of Rogay, um, okay. I went with uh, an automatic four for Rogay. <sighs> now, <laughs> I, I I could be willing to be talked out of that. I I like Rogay a lot as a first set song and you mentioned the idea of it being like a uh, more of a jam than you think i think that's true because if you listen to those late 90s versions of it it's often as good as it is it's trey literally playing that riff over and over again over the jam part and i think that was consciously you know at the time kind of the story of the ghost egalitarian like i'm not going to take a long (laughs) solo kind of vibe you know he was really trying to sort of pair that back and when you get to the versions at this point, it kind of just becomes more like a normal type one fish jam. And I mean that in a good way. And I really enjoy it for that reason. Uh, I like it in set one here. I gave it an automatic four. I just have to say, I really, I'm up, I'm up on the set at this point. It's fine. Everything's going well, but it does feel to me a little like we're heading towards this area where there's just been a lot, not, not for the next track, but, but after that, I feel like we're Good. just, we're hitting sort of a lot yes. of kind of normal set one territory, but our next track is not that, uh, as, which is great. As long as it's not the next track. It's not, it's not the next track. Everything after that I'll agree with, but the next track. Right. Okay, good. So our next track. Yeah, that's right. I'm kind of, I kind of jumped the gun on that. Cause our next track is the great. We are come to outlive our brains. Oh, from, oh, oh. Cosmic Voxed. I'm the shoe <laughs> in your basket. Um, I'm the wook in your fishnet. <laughs> I'm the clue in your dragnet. <laughs> okay, I'm done. This is going to be the first one we hit, obviously, 
on the fact that it had we haven't done any post um twenty seven we did a twenty seventeen show for the second right. episode that was I think the most recent show we've done, so we have not hit any of the Cows at Fox tunes, which is we are come down which makes this the best moment in fishery in five fans fishery thus far because cod vox is the best thing it's it's ever. pretty amazing i really adore this song um <laughs> I, I i gave it five fins it ca- scales mount Iculus yes! for set one for me and once one yes! thing that's funny about it is that they totally screw up <laughs> and they go they try to go into the chorus and it's like they're playing the music but it's almost like they're just looking at each other like what the fuck's going on and i like how they come back in with uh when they start singing that i'm the glue in your mag and it's but they've already missed one so trey just does the all right guys one more time i'm the <laughs> funny because there's a certain there's going to be certain moments coming up in the show that where some of the a little bit of the flubbiness bothers me but for some reason this is so it makes it so much more endearing because just a song that works so well for that and also this song is so great um they played it six times this year this is the second one so they'd already played it at mexico we saw it at new year's of 2018 so they are they are very clearly into it and then it feels like it drops off after that in terms of performance history, I mean, obviously, we've really only had the one kind of the one Super full year. But come on, guys, keep this this keep this in rotation. Please. One thing about this song, I Please. feel like I have to mention, it really reminds me a lot uh, musically of a song they did for the Halloween 2013 show called "You Never Know" that disappeared. They never put it on the album, and it just went away. And that's huh. definitely a really good song to check out. I feel like it's kind of the spiritual musical precursor to "We Are Come to Outlive Our Brains." But with that said. We are come to live our brains is a better song and I like it more. And I just have, I've never ordered the shirt that has the Elmer's logo. Yes. I I should, because this is such a great song. Yeah. This is so good. Yeah. I love this song a lot. I gave it five fans and it scales Mount Finculus for set one for me. Dan, what did you rank? We are come to outlive our brains. Well, I'm so glad that this scaled Mount Finculus for you because I needed that to happen, and this is the right song for that. I actually gave this 9.1 cubes instead of fins. <laughs> okay, wow. Um, I think I think this might be, again, tons of hyperbole coming today, but I think that this might be my favorite fish song, and I think <laughs> you can actually back that up for me because like, you've heard uh, the first time we heard it, as soon as we heard it, I was immediately like, Oh my God, that was amazing! Yeah, I love this song. Even before I'd seen it live, like I was all about it. It's just such an interesting song. It's so bubbly. It feels so great every time I listen to it. Also, that note that Trey hits around like the five twenty mark that just goes on for a year and a half. Oh <laughs> boy, if there was any, if there were still clothes left on me, they were gone at that point. Especially because I was on. 
you know, I've been at home couch touring, so there there's nothing left at that point. I'm <laughs> naked, completely naked. So yeah, nine point one cubes. I can't even describe how much I like this song. It's hard for me to describe how much I like this song. So I'll just say nine point one cubes. Nine cubes. Nine point one. Nine point one cubes. Nine point one. I'll add my other things. Um, I think. Oh, also, I think it is the best song from Cosmopolitan. I think it is the best song from all of the new albums. Okay, you like it more than Turtle in the Clouds. I don't know if I can say that with confidence. Okay. Do you like it more than Santos? Yes. Okay. I agree with you. Turn on the clouds, though. I knew you would do that to me. I knew it. God damn it. Because <laughs> I, I agree with you. I mean, it's definitely my favorite from Cosmic Fox. If you're talking about newer albums, I wouldn't say um, I would not take it over... Uh, are you including Big Boat in this? Because I wouldn't take it. Or no, I'm sorry. If yep. you're including uh, Sigma Oasis, because I would All take Mercury over yes. this song. Oh, did they throw Mercury on Sigma Oasis? They, they sure did. Boy, I'm eating my words tonight. Well, the studio version nope, is. No, I stand by oh, it. Yeah. I stand by it. Stand by I it. I mean, they, we're going to hit it. I mean, the version, yeah. The version of Cosmic or the See, the thing, right, is that the Cosmic show isn't as good as any of the future versions of those songs. All of the future versions of those songs are better than that show. But they're all fun. Man. And they fooled the, sh- the the crap out of me for that dude, dude thing. Like, I was so convinced that it was real. You and I are texting each other that night because I was on this kick where I was, like, insistent on I'm not going to look it up online. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then I'm texting you halfway through the set, and I'm and literally being like, I'm hoping you knew, because I was just like, because <laughs> I, I was like, whatever they're doing, it sounds like '80s. It sounds like something Dan would know about and is afraid to. So at a yes. certain point, I texted you and I was like, okay, you can t- whatever it is, you can tell me. Like five songs in, and you're like, I have no idea what it is, dude. And <laughs> I have no. And I remember texting you. I was like, if I can get venture guess, I'd say like. Brian Eno and you're like yeah maybe yeah and that's yeah yep. so we were completely bamboozled and then do you remember the five minutes where they did pretend that it was like an actual thing there was like a discogs page about Codlet Fox that was like yeah put up a se- which by the I, way whoever I, wrote yeah. that whoever in the organ they slipped in like two or three really really subtle fish references and I'm like Oh, I don't know. There's something, <laughs> something. There's no way. This, I'm not buying it, guys. Well, the best, yeah. The best part was that I went online looking to see what this was afterwards and saw the words Iceland and 80s, or like late 70s, 80s, and my immediate thought was, well, of course, this is like Depeche Mode on an island. Like, De- this is this is what would have happened to those synth bands if they were like in Iceland. Yeah, yeah. The but dedication it's not to what happened. it that it was made up completely that's unbelievable it's crazy like all around the fact that like santos actually stands for something it's like sub yeah. sub arctic I, I i don't know what it is it again we it says in our description we do not have expert or inside analysis <laughs> i refuse to apologize <laughs> when we don't we know we have neither of those we are come down live our brains is great though i agree with you it's a top tier late period I'm fish so song glad. and i love it so glad um, a song I don't love too much in this set, I have to admit, is Funky Bitch, which comes next. 
This is the second yeah, version out fair. of six that they would do in 2019. Uh, you're going to be mad about the ranking, but I, I don't care. I just I am. my thing is that um, we've had we've had uh, undermine heavy things Rogue and bouncing around the room, and I I do not like either uh, either play uh, we are come to live our brains or s- the next track set your soul free longer. This just feels like well we have to do something so they do something. And it feels kind of below average to me. Trey hits the uh, note a little bit early. Obviously, Paige has good stuff on the keys, but he always fucking has good stuff on the keys, so not really that interesting. <laughs> um, I rate this as a below average version because I don't like the placement at all, and it feels kind of uninspired oh, no. to me, and I went with 2.7 fins on Funky Bitch. Whoa. I know. I'm sorry, but I, I, sorry, not sorry, kind of. Dude. Oh, my gosh. Thank God we don't talk about this beforehand. If we did, there would have been a real problem. And we, you and I, would I were be just like, I would out. be like, absolutely not. You, you yeah, and I just hung out been, for a couple of days, and I was going to say, like. I'm glad you hid the notes when I came in, and you were like, <laughs> oh, nope, can't see these notes. If I'd seen the notes and I'd seen the, the number two, I would have been like, Are you changed this right now. This is funny. First like, off. Do people, uh, I don't know if we've ever mentioned this before. We never even made a rule about that or any, we never had a discussion or anything. No. But it was just nope. once we started doing this, like. We'll talk on the phone, like you and I. You were over here for a couple day or a couple days, and like we'll talk on the phone for hours. But like, there's just an unspoken rule: we will never talk about. We'll talk we about anything. It. We'll even talk about fish, but just not the show yeah. that we're doing. And it's it's hilarious. Yeah. We never there was or never we'll we even, never even yeah, made we'll, a rule. It was we'll just we'll like, even whatever. talk about the show. But as soon at any time that it even like starts to move, the most that we'll talk about the show is is for me to be like, boy, that show. Yeah, yeah. Or just like that's or it. I'll text you and be like, you have eight point four fins, and you're like, oh, thanks, good. I, that'll <laughs> like, that's right. Like, that's as far yeah. as it goes. Like it's not like that's as far as yeah. it goes. Anyway, what did you rank? So, Funky bitch, Dan. Uh, first off, I have, I gave it a four point five. Um, I was incapable of going below a four. I think for the entire show, it's kind of like uh, vintage Dan, you know, yeah. vintage early uh, early fins On Dan, where I just trail. was like throwing. <laughs> Just throwing numbers out there. I was like, ah, I'll give this one five because I can't give it a, I can't give it a four point eight. That would be insulting. <laughs> um, yeah, this is Jesse Pinkman's favorite song. I'm pretty sure, friend of the pod, Jesse Pinkman. <laughs> friend of the pod. Um, Aaron Paul, if you're a fish fan, a come woo. on, come on, uh, come on down. Bud. <laughs> we'll do a zoom for you. There's a, there's a fantastic on the tape. There is a fantastic uh, someone just like woos, and it is absolutely hilarious. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, Gordon's voice is really good. Uh, oddly enough, the Fish once again the opposite of most bands. Fish has only gotten better at singing over time, and other bands, obviously, <laughs> you know, like they don't get better. They like you don't see modern band or you don't see like classic rock bands or whatever. Like I wouldn't go see. I would. Well, I did see Meatloaf, but I'm just saying I wouldn't have seen Meatloaf if it was up to me. Um, because he's not that he wasn't that good at singing Man, as his career went on by. Meatloaf, uh, Beyond the Grave. Yeah, I know. That's it's the, the best, only one I can think of. I apologize. What about like? Uh, well, you wouldn't see uh, who, you wouldn't see the. I Eagle. wouldn't see the Rolling Stones. You like some Eagles songs? You never see the Eagles now, right? Or something. Man, like that. I just I hate the Eagles. No. Um. Yeah, I wouldn't see the Eagles, even though I like them a lot. I just because like same thing. Like there's something about. It seems that a lot of times as bands age, they lose their ability to sing. Fish, not the case. Somehow, <laughs> they keep getting better. 
I don't understand it. If someone could explain it to us, please let us know at five, five fins, fins mailbag at gmail.com. Uh, mailbag at gmail.com. P H I V E P H I N S mailbag at gmail.com. Real email address, please. Please go ahead and justify th- that I actually yes. created this as a, as a gag. And uh, the most uh, <laughs> the most ironic thing about my rating for this one is that I wrote down at some point um, Trey not missing anything. So I must have not been listening as closely as you were because you said that he like misses the uh, the note there, but I don't remember that. <laughs> oh yeah, well. He ca- he comes in with the um, note and Mike's like I still have to sing part of this next verse, buddy. But then we can. I, I right, appreciate okay, your enthusiasm. Gotcha. It happens a I lot so in three honestly, with Funky Bitch. He's like, um, oh, I'll just play around it. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. <coughs> the thing that I love the most too is that like five and a half minutes, the crowd just loses its whole collective diaper. Just <laughs> boom, gone. So the next track we hit is "Set Your Soul Free." Uh, this is going to be the first one we've hit of our journey again by the kind of just the necessity of the fact that we have not hit an era that set your soul free existed in set your soul free is definitely a song at this point that has graduated to the level of like incredible intense jam it's possibly worth noting i do a lot of the uh however many there were in the year which i think are not as interesting (laughs) in the newer eras as they were in the earlier eras but i'm still interested and they did this is the second version they did so they did one in mexico and uh they did 10 versions of set your soul free in 2019 they played set your soul free the most uh the only one that comes closest chalked us with nine plays so so i guess it's not easily but you know what i mean uh it feels like it is uh, Set Your Soul Free is a great song. It's definitely graduated, like I was saying, to this kind of huge jam exploratory vehicle. Uh, but here we're getting it kind of in the penultimate slot of set one. Uh, I, I'm i not in love with this placement. I almost feel like it should be... Uh, I, I almost would have preferred that it either shows up uh, earlier or later in this set. Uh, with that said, it's a, it's a pretty fine version of it. It's got some great tray stuff in it if they had done sort of a long cool version of this uh as opposed to the kind of heavy things gay part of the show i totally would have been down for that or if they had decided to do this as the set closer and stretch it out but instead it's kind of just coming in here it's got some cool energy to it uh goods tray stuff i didn't have a ton else to say and this is a rock solid four fin performance for me Oh God! With all that build up, I was so scared what that number was going. Oh be. wow! Yeah, no, not I. So it's it'd be hard to go I, uh, like lower. I, like I really like the song, uh, you know, and it's a good, good it's a good jam. But it's it's not. Yeah. You know they've they've taken this to all kinds of extreme heights, so it's hard to be like this is amazing to me. But go ahead and tell me it is. <laughs> well, uh, well, you know what's funny about this song is that for a band that only has one member as far as we know who still partakes there are a lot of sugar references i was going to ask in, you in, i was uh, going to ask you like about these. your interpretation of it you think that there's some drug uh stuff going on here absolutely cuz burn it down burn it down set your soul free i actually wrote oh, down yeah. are these all john fishman lyrics did he write this entire I've song secretly written it um, no we know Trey's the one who I, loves I, souls uh, it's writing songs about this souls this is true I did um I did write a little poem though or I should say a parody a little thing for this song. Okay. okay. Should I do a background? <laughs> Go ahead you can you can hit me with that. I wrote burn it down burn it down sunset lake CBD. 
a nice alternate if you don't like smoking weed. <laughs> Not paid, by the way, people. There's no free. Not there's no free that. ads, but if you, but you if could, you would like to advertise, to. Uh, hit us up at fivefinsmailbag at gmail dot com. P h i v e p h i n s mailbag at gmail dot com. An actual email address we created for the gag. Yeah. I uh, I like your parody, and uh, we uh, we uh, we're friendly folks to work with, uh, um, and uh, we love Ben and Jerry's ice cream. That's just a sidebar, but is it really? Uh, look, this is the yeah. Like I said, second time out of ten that they did it this year. They're obviously in love with this song. They play it all the time, <laughs> and I and I love it right. too. It's really. It it's always good. reminds me a little bit. It has like a JJ Kale uh, after midnight kind of vibe. You know how like uh, fish okay, fish yeah. does Eric Clapton's cover they do a cover of eric clapton's cover of after midnight by jj kale <laughs> that kind of uh that kind of like that the that kind of rollicking uh bluesy is not the exact term but that that original riff that da 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 thing that also kind of shows up a little bit in um i never needed you like this before this kind of feels like a spiritual cousin to that song as well. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of this. Th- I was going to ask you about the meaning because when I was listening to this song over and over, like that line, uh, um, they're digging my grave and it won't be long, kind of stuck out to me. And then I was thinking about, like, he, he actually does have, like... What's the next verse? The next line? Take a little trip. Yeah. <laughs> Get a little higher. Try right. to ignore the pain. Yeah, there, there's there's probably some of the yeah. There's you're you're picking up on the blaze on energy, and I think I'm going for the um, yeah energy from uh, what's the one? Um, I'm picking up on the energy from breath and burning. That's kind of like the we're made of sand and we're all washing away. That's sort of like I, I like the song, but yeah, this version didn't de- like. I gave it a four because I like it, but it didn't it didn't. Um. Totally oh yeah, blow. that's right. I should mention didn't. I gave it a four. I gave it four point five. I could see that. I mean, it's um, it's somewhere in there. That's pretty fine. We end the set with Run Like an Antelope. Yeah. We've hit several antelopes in our time. Do you time. think they did that because of the cup run? Like a run at the cup? Oh, I didn't think about that. I think it's worth noting. I know. One of the main things that's worth noting about this version, I think, is that the crowd begins to cheer kind of a, a little bit around the time the jam <laughs> begins. And I'm assuming that's because uh, St. Louis had just scored yes. that fourth goal. So they were up four to, you are four to nothing. The puck has gone by Tuka Rask, and uh, <laughs> pretty sure Tuka Rask was going. And the best going. part about that year was that Brad Martian, I think Lucic was still on the team, so I got to watch both of them be sad. Oh, I got to watch both of them be sad and listen to a fish show at the same we time. Appreciate, I don't know if there's anything We appreciate all of our uh, Boston fans, uh, please. Yeah, of course. Uh, but We love them. I love the Boston fans. I like the Celtics. I'm cool with the Celtics. Yeah. I don't mind the Red Sox, but, yeah, dude, but the Bruins, no. Absolutely not, not a fan. Yeah, no, and I get it. Also, I get, I get, I get we it. won't even bring up the other one because I don't even want to think it's about it. It's all good. But we're just saying uh, we can tell that the you can, t- you can very much tell how excited that the fans are here in St. Louis. And it's kind of funny in, in relation to the jam because like, there's kind of nothing going on and all of a sudden the crowd is losing their mind. Uh, <laughs> oh, I actually wrote that down, actually. Um, so I think, I think the fourth goal is scored at 4.03 in the song. And I think that the game ends at 528. Okay, well, that's interesting because that, that is a contradiction to my memory, but that could be wrong. That I, I actually thought that the game ended during set break, but I could be wrong about that. Oh, okay. Because I have a, a memory. So, uh, it, well, we'll talk about that in a second. All of that was based solely on the noise of the crowd. <laughs> um, it, it is possible. I, I have a memory. It might be a false memory. But anyway, the, uh, the antelope... Um, is pretty good. I I didn't really um outside of the kind of the the crowd kind of losing it at that point. 
I, I didn't feel like this was a particularly noteworthy version of it. It's tough coming off of the 1999 version that I really liked a lot. And the song was so different back then. But with that said, I mean, Antelope's a great first set closer. Uh, we get a little bit of uh, page synth action, which I'm sure you were excited yeah. about. That was kind of interesting. Yep. Um, also, even kind of the, the <laughs> intro part has a little bit of almost like a like a funky or like ragtime breakdown from page. I'm I I when you talked about not sure being sure about MVPs with one of the songs I I I I would take Paige for almost everything. He just seems so dialed in in the show and so I don't know so present in so many ways. I'm usually a usually Team Trey, but uh, <laughs> I'm willing to change my allegiance for this show. Yeah, I mean uh, I just went with three and a half for Antelope though, and you're gonna not like that, but I don't know what else to uh, don't know what to tell you. Jesus, <laughs> I went with a four point three. Is this the first time that? we've that um i've ever outranked you for an entire set well i was gonna ask you so you do not so outside of the uh nothing goes below four for my entire show but you did give only one of them extra fins right if i'm keeping uh track correctly only because i had to (laughs) well i didn't have to but i need i you know what i'm saying i didn't have to but like for finn's sake like i i needed some to keep (laughs) i ended the set negative on the day like not the overall from the past. Uh-huh. Like if you only counted this set, like I ended in the negative, okay? But <laughs> I knew I was coming back. I didn't know I was coming back, but I I made it back to the positive by the end of the show. I think okay. I don't actually remember. No, I didn't. I'm lying. Wait, I might have. The the, the point is that this <laughs> <laughs> that uh, they do flub. They do a little bit of a flub. Trey flubs the yeah. But I don't care about that. Still, I'm still fine with it because the glow sticks are the most important part of an antelope. There was a uh, around three minutes and twenty seconds. Uh, Leo goes nuts for about half a minute, and I think that's what you're talking about with the synthesizer. Just, whoo, boy, made me real sweaty. Kind of gross, but you know what are you gonna do? You're you're listening to a fish <laughs> show, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. The thing that I love the most is, and and I think you, I th- I'm pretty sure you're right about the game ending during set break. I think I'm wrong. Yeah, I think they might have scored. The, a, um, I think they they were up four. I think they. I think they. Sc- yeah. They were up four nothing, think, and then yeah, Boston scored. Uh, you know, late, but it was kind of it was already kind of over, and then I think it was officially done during set break, if I remember correctly. But again, right. I wish I had. I was going to watch the video right before we got on, and then I tried to get it on. Uh, I'm wondering if maybe they probably I think they might have had a penalty late too, so that might have been like peep them like killing off the penalty to the end or something. But um those there's two times where the the crowd reacts um outside of when they're no, when they normally would. You know what I mean? Because with Antelope you have the but that's a big part when the crowd goes nuts and then obviously when they start the jam, uh, as the glow sticks come in, that part usually gets a huge reaction from the crowd. But the thing that I thought was really interesting in this one was that the band is reacting to the crowd being excited from something that is not happening in the show necessarily. So the blue score, someone tells the person next to them the blue score, that person yells it out, and everyone goes starts going nuts that likes the blues. And the band is going to respond to that because, as Trey has said, they they take in the crowd uh, vibe as much as they put out when they're making their music. And I just thought it was really unique and interesting to consider that 
Um, so they're playing during a uh, championship game, and they are therefore reacting to the crowd's response to that championship game in real time. And I kind of felt like it, it added an extra dimension to this jam. And that is the smartest thing that I will say for this entire thing. <laughs> 4.3. Yeah, I I, um, I I liked that part of it. I, I just feel that just as music, I wouldn't rank this as like a great version of Antelope, personally. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, totally. I mean, what you're saying, and we're going to get to even more of that, I think, at the beginning of set two here, where you can't discount the fact that something major has happened and the crowd is definitely reacting to the music, but also they're reacting to the things that are going on around them. So when we go back and just look at this as like just exactly what it was musically, at least for me, this might be foreshadowing a little bit, but I, I, I really, I really like set two a lot. <laughs> and I think that I suspect that you're right, that there's something about this set to me a little bit that feels like we're going to go out and do this show, even though we kind of know, we're not the main attraction tonight <laughs> in some ways, you know what I mean? <laughs> and yeah. um, and that does add an element to it in a sense that like, even if you are like listening to this podcast and you don't care about sports or hockey at all, that there's something about it that you can, you can hear that that's going on. Also, I don't think you mentioned it, but at the end of antelope Trey does a tease of the song yes. Gloria. Yep. Um, so I think that's as good a place to end this set as we could, except I do have to say that I've been tabulating our extra fins. Yeah. And uh, so <laughs> we I went in with one. I went in uh, with 8.4 remaining, <laughs> and you went in with uh, 8.1 remaining. You are at 7.7, and I'm at 22.2. <laughs> Um, which I did not. In, I literally just tabulated that right now, and I did not know that that was going to be that much of a disparity. But there's some extra fins flying out the door next set, so hopefully we're going to uh, we're going to close that gap. But uh, interesting set one. <laughs> exactly. That might be the best way to end it. So um, we're going to come back and do set two, and we're also uh, I was uh, hoping on. Uh, kind of expanding on maybe something that had happened in the set break <laughs> at this period of time, <laughs> but we're gonna come back and we're going to uh, we're going to cover the remainder of the fish show that took place on June twelfth of twenty nineteen. So stay tuned for more five fins. Call Gloria.
Welcome back to Five Fins. Oh, uh, yeah. If you like our podcast, <laughs> you should send an email. <laughs> at, what's the email? Send Five what's the email? Fins. P-H-I-V-E-P-H-I-N-S mailbag at gmail.com. It's real. Send an email to us. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. Is it something that we said? All the fish songs in your head. Emails at five fans. Um, yes. So we are we are back to discuss. Um, despite all of the stuff you've just heard, we're here uh, talking about the band Fish, <laughs> uh, which is with a ph. <laughs> and uh, they are uh, their second set that was performed on June twelfth of twenty nineteen at the uh, Chaffetz. Chat. Yes, that sounds right. Chaffetz? Chaffetz. Chaffetz? Chaffetz Arena. Chaffetz. Um, Chaffetz. This is worse than when I was like, I think it's pronounced Lille, and then I've heard from a thousand sources <laughs> like, uh, y- did you say Lille like that? Lille? On our first Lille? episode. That's Lille, France in our first episode. I apologize. Well, that was because the uh, Deadcast, uh, Deadcast copied us. That's right. They're really that uh, grateful, good old Grateful Deadcast is really chasing our coattails, and we're we're sick of it. So uh, mm-hmm. if we're so mm-hmm. sick of it that we really want Jesse Jarno to come on our podcast, friend to the pod, friend of the pod, Jesse Jarno, email Enemy us, Jesse. Pod. I don't know. Let's stir. Let's stir the pot. Let's. Oh, let's okay. Like rest, I like, like it. Rival of the thing? pod. Yeah. Rival. Yeah. <laughs> Enemy of the pod. We're trying to we're trying to really stoke him into like coming on. You know. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's. Uh, He's. I can't even. I can't even pretend that podcast is so good. God damn it, that podcast. Yeah, is so they're good. amazing. It's so much better than our. Good, check out you the good old listen to it. It's so good. <laughs> if you like the dead, anywho, we're we're not as good, but you're listening to us anyway. And it, and that we're t- we're listening to the fish show that took place on Wednesday, June twelfth at twenty nineteen. Uh, this. So uh, I want to read a comment just to confirm a potential uh, oh. kerfuffle that took place at the end of set one here. Which is that uh, there's a disagreement about when the thing happened, but I, I, you know, I don't remember a lot of things in my life, like my name or where I'm going <laughs> or what I'm supposed to be doing. But I do remember specific details of uh, fish webcast that I witnessed, <laughs> and you thought that maybe they had won the cup at the end. I'm guessing that right. that's sort of like they, like you were saying, a penalty or something. They knew they were going to win, but um, I, I'm going to read a comment, a, a part of a comment here from a fish.net user who's. Uh, name is uh, uh, Y-A-M uh, underscore E-K-A-J, friend of the pod. And uh, they say they write, <laughs> they write a whole thing about the first set, which we just covered. Um, but they write in their second paragraph here, it says, set break was phenomenal tonight because the Blues won the cup. People were going crazy. I'm not from St. Louis myself, but it felt like I was with all the joy in that room. What a great memory for those true Blues fans. So, yeah, my my memory of it is that I was watching the webcast, and what I do usually for set break is I'll, you know, take a take my headphones off and or whatever, and uh, put the regular audio on and just leave it at sort of a normal, uh, a normal volume. And then, if you hear the audience start to react and like music start to play, you're like, oh, they're coming back, you know. So but, yes, but I remember even though I knew what was going on that you felt this audience reaction. I remember walking back to my TV and it was like that, you know, zoomed out set break cam 
that just yep. says like stay tuned or whatever but like yep. the audience was losing it like the band was already nuts. on stage yeah uh and it was kind of okay it was a it was a memorable moment from that night so um that leads into set two which we're about to talk about well in the sense let me just say real quick uh, uh-huh. let me just jump in and say that would be the first thing that you were right about from this entire show <laughs> 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 hey uh Hey, a blind fish fan finds a uh, finds a, uh, a a nut every once in a while. Is that the expression? Something like that. Is uh, that a euphemism? <laughs> sure, sure. Let's Man, go with that. We're on fire this set. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, Kev. Let's do this. We open Hit it. with the song Gloria. One and only time the uh, fish has pl- performed the song Gloria. Not to be confused with Gloria, Gloria, like the them song with Van Morrison, G L O R I A. That's not the song we're talking about. We're talking about Gloria, the uh, Laura Branigan. So according to an NHL.com article, it says that uh, basically, I'm going to paraphrase here, but St. Louis Blues players were at a bar in Philadelphia during an Eagles-Bears NFC, oh, during the Eagles-Bears NFC wildcard game in Philly, which actually I remember that that um, the game ended with a missed field goal. Oof. This is Oh, a, that's I recent. Believe. Yeah, well, this would have been the same year. Twenty, The same year? Wow. So, yeah, and it says... uh, That's the double doink? I wasn't going to mention that term because of our uh, mutual friend Rob, who's a fish fan. Um, It was a huge fan and does not want us to bring that up. Well, uh, no, he should have it brought up because we have his quarterback now. I have his quarterback now in in Pittsburgh, so... Ah. He's on fully jock. That's it. That's it. Where's Randy? Silent podcast for Randy. Randy come in the silent mic. Come on, come on out, Randy. And he just walks out behind <laughs> the door. Uh, but it says they we that the members of the St. Louis Blues were watching this game, and that uh, the DJ was playing the song Gloria, and every time it happened, something good happened. Uh, hmm. And so they kept playing it, and then everyone would start and get up and dancing during like the commercial breaks. This DJ, that's a smart move to have the game. And then the DJ did like. That's a good idea to have the DJ kind of coming in during right. the breaks. I should and ask my friend Amy though. I'm gonna ask Amy if she remembers it from before that. Well, then I think it says they decided, why don't we play this every time we win? And so that oh. became like kind of their, okay, kind of that their sounds motto. reasonable. This is according to an NHL.com article by Chris Pinkert. So uh, thank you, Pinkert. Either way, Gloria was obviously they. Not only was the band already aware of this, but uh, that also the person that I mentioned on Fish.net there uh, mentions the idea that the people around them were already talking about this. I actually remember even before the show, people were saying, yeah. like, if they win, they have to do this song because this is like their song. And if there's any band that's going to completely <laughs> alter their set list for no other reason than to like play to these great hometown fans who are yeah. experiencing this moment. It's going to be actually, fish. Uh, I think I believe that in our text, uh, I can't find it right now, but our text chain at the time, uh, you were asking, we are the champions. And I said, yes, but I think they also will play, they might play Gloria because the blues do that. That's like a blues thing. So Yeah, I think that's right. I think you were on top of it. Um, I, was, I, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that Fish hat does have a perchance of like playing, especially in recent kind of memory, playing venues where teams win the title. So in 2013, they were in San Francisco and the Giants won the World Series. Boo. And then in 2016, this is obviously before this happened, but mm. they played Wrigley Field 
the year that the Chicago Cubs won the World Series for the first time since 1908. I um, mean, that's not a coincidence. <laughs> I mean, it's too long of a time to be a coincidence. And also knowing what we know about fish controlling time based yeah. solely on the game hench factory, you know, uh-huh. I, I'm just, I'm... so anyway, to recap, <laughs> there's, uh, there's excitement at the end of the first set. They've scored another goal. I, like I say, I think Boston scores a goal, but it's meaningless at this point. In the set break, the Blues <laughs> win, this, win the Stanley Cup. The band comes on stage, and they start Gloria by Laura Branigan, which mm-hmm. is a 1980s AM hit or whatever. And mm-hmm. But it's associated with this team. People are losing their minds. <laughs> song that's exceptionally hard to rank not only because fish has has only played it once and it presumably will only play it once <laughs> <laughs> but also there's a lot of problems with the actual performance of the song but it, uh, but <gasps> i'm willing to uh let those slide because they very clearly had just learned this song during set break <laughs> like it's pretty obvious Boy. that they had not or maybe they had sort of worked on it a little bit before the show Oh, I definitely learned it during set break. I, I, I'm pretty sure you're right with that because, like, Trey only played it in the first set because he's such a hockey nerd, so he knew. He already knew. You know what I mean? He, yeah. he knew the backstory, but then I imagine he walked. They walked backstage and he said, "Paige, I can't sing this song." So then, uh, what? Did, well, Kev, what did you give this song? Because I might disagree slightly. I rank this song five out of five fins. Oh my goodness! That how the tables turn. I uh, mean, what, how the what turntables. I I just think this is the kind of like you have to rank this based solely on this moment. There's no like if they did this, you know, t- uh, three shows down the line and the exact same version and to open a second set, I'd be like, nah, I'm not into this. But you know, I I as this is a five out of fin, five out of five fin moment for the people in the audience. Wow. clearly. and. I think that that should be taken into account. Now, granted, again, I, I feel like I should. This is something I should really, really specifically state going into the second set, which is I rank these songs, and I strive in general to rank them against other versions of themselves. So there's no way to rank Gloria against Gloria because they've only done it once. Th- again, this version. If you Google "fish Gloria," it's going to bring you with the uh, G L O R I A, which is a great. It's a great song. Uh, but I don't know. I had this as like an automatic four, and then I'm like, how is it automatic if they've only played it once? I didn't know what to do with it, really. <laughs> so I was just like, you know what? Give it a five, I'm sure. Hey, congratulations to uh, you Fish fans who were St. Louis Blues fans when this was happening. Yeah. The whole place is going nuts, and, you know. Yeah. Like, the the energy is, is feeding off of itself, I understand. But also, just I think it's so cool that Fish can, like, just learn song during set break and be like yeah let's just do it right. people are excited <laughs> yeah i ended up i ended i only gave it a 4.2 and i um i made i made sure to write down um that i was point shaving a little bit because yeah i'm gonna need some as 
as I'm sure you would expect anyway. So I, I went a little low on it, but uh, Leo is really good at singing. He's great at this cover, which really does require a lot of gusto. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of throat in this song. But Leo nails it, which is fantastic. So I also love in the first verse when they hit the first calling Gloria, he pulls back and lets the crowd yell. And boy, that is a loud crowd. Yeah. I mean, if I had more uh, fins to spare, I would jack it up to a five. But unfortunately... Yeah, I mean, yeah, he it's it's good. I I mean, it like I said, it's it's really kind of an experience thing, I think, with this. Like I don't think you can even quantify this in terms of normal fish performances, right? <laughs> like it's just sort of it is what it is. Yeah. It kind of happened in right. the moment. It's like when they won the when the Giants won the World Series in 2013, they do MOBA dance and they cut into We Are the Champions. And they go back into Mama Dance. And it's like, it's great for what it is, you know? It's it's perfect. And I still watch that video sometimes because I love Trey just counting back into like one, two, three. And the you know, very clearly being like, you know, they have the whole no analyzation, we're not going to talk about stuff rule, but obviously something must have come up either, you know, in I think in that case it was right. in the first set where they're like, hey, so if this happens, and the audience starts losing their mind, you know, not because of the music, <laughs> and it's like, okay, we have to kind of acknowledge that this is going on. But very r- cool moment. Um, I'm really excited about, uh, I, I, I like it. Um, I don't really love the song that much, and the performance is okay, but there's no way that you can, like, pretend that this isn't, like, an important part of this show, right? So, continuing on this theme, our next track is the song Loving Cup. Mm-hmm. This is a uh, Rolling Stones cover, though Dan's about to deny that, but it's true. Uh, well, I'll explain <laughs> further. Do I need to? Do you want me to? That, uh, is this some, uh, bad shit conspiracy theory about how like okay, yep. good. yeah then yes absolutely continue yeah oh okay so as we know fish are time travelers the band fish they have traveled through time they've gone back in time now the thing is that fish is better at all rolling stones songs than the uh, than the rolling stones themselves don't ask me how i don't know man i mean actually i do know and if you keep listening you'll understand how i know but it is my contention that the band Fish, via the Gamehenge Time Factory, traveled back in time to the 60s before the Rolling Stones became a thing and gave them all of their music moving forward. And that's how we got Exile on Main Street. Should I have a Dan's Conspiracy Corner, like a music, like a musical stab? <laughs> you could. <laughs> just do the uh, X-Files. Just do the X-Files thing. Actually, hold on. I'll just make the X-Files sound. We should just do the X-Files sound with our mouths at the same time. Okay? Yeah. Ready? Three, two, one. Do. <laughs> That, that's going to play to Finland. That's my contention, that Fish actually wrote all of the Rolling Stones songs uh-huh. that they cover. They went back in time and did all of it. I mean, I don't think that there's I'm anybody who can even argue with that, but if you would like to argue with it, you can right. argue at 5finsmailbag <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> um, I, we, just get a, we just get an email from Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> 
I um, what what did you rank uh, Loving Cut, Dan? So um, I actually I gave it a four and a half, which is probably surprising. Jesus Christ, what um, is happening I, in this set? This is like we're yeah, in the bizarro it's fucking world. weird. It's because the first set was amazing. Um, again, I need to save some points, but actually, this is the only reasonable ranking that I had the entire okay, show. Good, and here's thank, why I'll say God, that: this is Be- this is a bombing yes. about what I'm about to say. But go ahead. Because the uh, the original the the only reason I gave it a four and a half was because I was I compared it to the uh, island tour. There, there's there's good versions of Loving Cup um, in the '90s, but it's not um, as exploratory as this. Like like it's more there, there, you know there's versions of it in that period that are are more long tray solos, you know, basically. But are, are but are yeah. essentially oh. like like this. Um, I'm surprised that you did not give this at least a five. That's really pretty shocking to me. Yeah, I know. Well, I wrote, I did, I did say um, that there aren't many of these versions of Loving Cup. There aren't many that go type two. Um, I mean, in terms of versions of Loving Cup, this is like probably like one of the few versions that that does this in their history. Not only the fact that I mean, the only reason they're playing it obviously is because of the Stanley Cup <laughs> in this slot. How great is that? How fucking awesome is that, though, right? Like, I did uh, have one minor complaint, which is that why don't they actually say, give me a little drink from the Stanley yeah. Cup? It seems like the only opportunity yeah. you would ever get to have to do that. So and they compl- and so they completely well miss it. okay hold on let's the the Rangers might win in the next couple of years let's not go but they'd have to be playing let's not go in crazy. MSG they don't have to. No, they don't have to. I'm just to saying the trade. moment was on the table, and they we we have to agree on that. The moment was right there. You know, overall, like it's uh, I, I don't know. It, I thought that uh, this was the reason that you picked the show, right? Am I right about that? Correct. Yes, actually, yes, absolutely. The whole reason I picked the show was because I was thinking, um, I love the song "Loving Cup." It's probably my second favorite uh, Stones cover that Fish does. First being Torn and Frayed, even though they've only done that a handful of times. Third being Shine a Light, which we have seen multiple times. Never uh, keep my eyes dry whenever that happens. But uh, there's something about the song Loving Cup that I really love. And uh, yeah, I, I, I wanted to hear a Type 2 version. I don't remember how we got to there where I wanted to hear a Type 2 version. Um, probably discussing fish playing Rolling Stone songs, but uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I actually, I believe I I picked this one out, and then I sent you a text that was like, pick a number one through three, and then you know maybe maybe or maybe not two of those were this show, and the third one wasn't. But uh, who's ever to know? Oh, you know? okay. Yeah, so, I remember uh, you doing that. I didn't know that the deck was stacked. Yep. Yeah. It was pretty, it was, it was, you know, I did a little bit of sleight of hand, but that's what this is all about. <laughs> am I right? Um, sure. So, uh, sure, yeah, that not? this song was why I picked the show, and boy was I surprised that it ended up only uh, as that ranking compared, uh, as a four and a half compared to what I would later give some of the rest of the show. You know, I totally understand what, what you mean, though. It's funny because I went into this so ready to give this extra fins. And th- and if we talk about our memories of the like watching the webcast at the time, going into the show when you said this, I was like, oh, that's the one where they do Loving Cup and then like jam on it. It's cool. I can't mm-hmm. wait to listen to that. And then <laughs> it sounds like you and I both had the same experience where when you actually listen to this second oh set, you're like, 
yeah, that's really cool. But after that, holy, holy motherfuck, does it heat up? Like, Boy. and this second set, I spent a lot of time. I spent, I changed my fin rankings a lot for this. Um, yeah, and it's agreed. And you won't get mine though. You're not gonna get it. It's it's not what you would expect. I don't think for extras for Mount Finclus. Yeah, for my extras. I'm not sure. I think I know what it is, but if I don't, that's okay. But okay, so <laughs> <laughs> that's you know we we can work <laughs> with that. But so we have Gloria, which is their victory song. We have drinking a drink from the Stanley Cup. Loving Cup gets gets wild. Uh, very different than you know uh, anything else that they've done with this. P- potentially worth mentioning. Fish.net. The only jam that makes the jam chart version out of this is Loving Cup. Which is uh, I str- freaking I strongly ridiculous. disagree with this as well. Uh, you and I, uh, I, I, it's funny. You and I haven't been in touch about this, but I could. Reading that, I was like, <laughs> I know he's also <laughs> mad that that's not that that's true. Uh, the next, so yep. the next track that we hit, so Loving Cup, um, is really great. It's funny how even though it is like much more jammed out than Loving Cup normally is, it still blast. does feel almost a little bit ripcorded. I don't know if how you feel about that, but it's ripcorded. I agree. I agree 100%. Yeah, sir. And it's ripcorded in an interesting way because towards the end of Loving Cup, it feels like there is a sort of vibe of twist that's happening, and then that is the song that we mm. receive. Mm-hmm. This is the second version out of eight that they would end up doing in 2019 of Twist. So of the next, we're going to hit four songs in a row here. Three of those songs have really amazing jams attached to them. And I have to say, between these songs, I had such a hard time determining what the hell is going on in terms of my rankings for these because it, it was it was so tough to Unreal. rank these different not only are the jams very it's different they're like very different in style but somehow there's something about them right. that each one of them i love for specific reasons and then there's parts of them that are like oh i wish that was a little different or this i could have changed this a little bit but they're all really pretty unbelievable so we have uh we're gonna go through them track by track and then there's a song in between those, which I also like, and I know you also like, but is not specifically a jam song. I would incorporate that. I would incorporate. All right, so that. we can do this. So, but the, but yeah. So, this is the uh, this is the what I've spent the bulk of my time thinking about <laughs> in relation to this podcast. Yeah. So our next track is t- uh, so yeah. So so for twist. Woo. This it took a long time for me to figure out what I, what I wanted from it. And what and uh, and ha- and how it's gonna go, but this does in fact end up scaling Mount Finculus for me for a set wow. two. Wow! If we want to do a couple timestamps here, we got uh, around uh, the five thirty mark. They're kind of heading a little bit towards a major zone. Yep. <laughs> major key zone. <laughs> yep. Seven minutes. We got some great uh, Trey rhythmic attack stuff and just like absolute shredding from Trey. Which honestly, for this second God. set. He's doing Just so much more of the, and I like it. I like it a lot. But he's doing a lot more of the kind of effects, echo-driven kind of stuff. But there's a moment here where, like, around the seven-minute mark, yeah, where he's just. I'm sure the next. I'm sure the next one is 
where we're going to agree here. Oh, I wrote 823. Um, so right, like right around the eight and a half minute mark, the uh, tray is starting this descending chord riff thing, this descending riff that just keeps building and building. And then around the nine and a half minute mark, like that has like peaked and then come back down. And now Paige is doing kind of like a, Sort of like a double time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Organ part. Yeah, slow down, slow down. Say it slower, <laughs> say it slower. I refuse to slower. do that. And then. thing it's kind of like it to me it sounds like trey like firing laser beams at the Ten audience and a half yeah yes it's a better the better yes better. like it's this this assault uh, of effects oh. and then um it changes at around 11 and 15 mark to that kind of like the three chord like major big like rave up part that you know has happened in mm -hmm. a lot of 3.0 mm -hmm. jams but this mm -hmm. one is uh i think uh is is pretty great. It, it the, if I had a if I have a and then you're not gonna like this part, but if I had a little bit of a qualm here, which you uh, don't. I do a little bit, is that the fact that uh, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't coalesce to the greatest version of a peak. I feel like it, as much as I want it to be, and I like when Trey oh. peaks in sort of this <laughs> uh, oh. very sort of playing a bunch of notes. And and this is much more effects driven yeah, yeah. and much more sort of which I know it's more in your wheelhouse than mine, but this is mm. definitely a great version of Twist. I liked it a whole bunch, and I gave it six fins. A lot. Oh, okay. Wow. So you have outshone me three out of three songs. I only gave it five, but again, I didn't have a lot to work with t with this show necessarily as far as extra fins went, trying to save some fins. The, you know what always gets me with uh, Twist, though, Kev, is that... The shift from twist to just a more open jam in general, where they're just kind of on one chord versus in that same chord structure, uh, that always shocks me. You're talking about at the beginning of the jam when it's like... Um, right. Yeah, there's always a really good rhythmic drive to to twist as well, I think, that, that um, it's interesting how twist can either kind of be almost too predictable or... Get, get into this transcendent area and both of them have to do with the rhythmic drive like sometimes they're so in love with it it just becomes like this huge peak and that's all it is and sometimes yeah. it becomes this giant jam but often it's because of that same drive that uh, Fishman says but you're talking about the chords you're saying like when they go back down like the do do woo that thing like before they hit before they say the woo well, yeah, so you know how they, it's like the the whole, the first maybe couple measures of the jam are always the ba da bump ba da bam bam 
But I think it's G, B me, flat, you know, C, and D something for all that the guitar sounds... players. G, B flat, C, D for all the oh, guitar players. Oh, thank you. Yes. Anyway, okay. anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yes, I'm not one of those. Um, so <laughs> he plays guitar. That's a lie. Well, sorry. Go ahead. It's a loose. It's a loose explanation, people. <laughs> uh, it's a loose. F- He's a guitar anyway, owner. Um, He's a guitar owner. Right. Thank you. you. I'll there accept you that. <laughs> so, um. Uh, you know how it is. It's like that 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 one to the th- uh four three four three. The one to three is like such a right intense feeling that when it disappears to me, like uh, a band that isn't Fish, I don't know if they could handle that as well as Fish does. Yeah. Um. And also the uh, like you mentioned the, the when they switched from minor to major, that like shook me to the core. I was like, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's funny how this is playing out because for me, when I was listening back to the show, I was excited about to hear the show, and then set one just didn't re- like. I like that we are coming out of our brains. Um, I I like Trey's like nasty tone and the chalk dust torture and stuff. But it didn't like it. Just the set itself. Just it was fine, but just nothing really got me. And then when the when the second set started, I remember feeling like, oh, yeah, right. They win the the cup during set break, and then they did Gloria, and then they did Loving Cup, and it was and that was really what I remembered. And then the rest of the show, I was like, I don't really remember right. this that well. Like, what did they play? And it really blew me away. We really did. Like I was like, I was like, yeah. holy shit! Like this is so good. Like, and I think, um, you know, I looked up uh, Fish.net rankings. You know, for shows that you have to take with a, you know, a uh, a mine of salt, you know, a whole <laughs> a truck full of salt, <laughs> um, <laughs> the Salt Lake. I don't know some some large. The great salt some lake. kind of yeah some kind of large salinated uh, body, uh, but <laughs> the dead but sea. you know <laughs> yeah the dead you have to take it with the dead sea but looking at the whole rankings of that year you mentioned the twelve thirty nineteen show there's the there's the Camden show that's up there there's the number one is the Alpine Valley I think which makes sense and this show's like pretty middle of the pack and when I was listening to it oh wait a minute wait stop freeze. Yeah. Alpine Valley is ranked higher well, than I, I, the I'm not actually 12. looking at there, there like it's it's like Alpine Valley. I believe you the, though. That this doesn't even have to be saved in the recording. Like this is something that I am deeply <laughs> disturbed well, by. My point though is that this one kind of falls in between and when I or I mean it falls in the middle of the pack of the year and then when I was listening back to it up until that point, I was like, yeah, you know, I kind of understand it. And then I feel like this second half of the second set is just like completely underrated. Like it's so good and there's a lot to dig into. So we, uh, yeah. So twist is fantastic. It's, um, I think it's like the, uh, the best, uh, executed version of jamming that they do in the second set, even though I like a lot of what else is going on. Mm -hmm. So our next track. Yeah. Like that one? <laughs> like our next track, which is about to run. So you actually sent me a text message 
um, pointing out that uh, this was the song that you had really loved from Ghosts of the right. Forest. Not that you didn't like the other ones, but this it really stood out to you as like a, a vehicle, a potential future vehicle. And um, so you sent me a text message. This is technically the first time that I had ever heard the song about to run. And um, yeah. did not disappoint. That's an that's that's a bit of an understatement. It doesn't even have to be long. This one is ex- is a slightly longer than the rest of them from the tour. Yeah. But, oh my gosh. Holy crap. Uh, this was a song that came from the Ghost of the Forest tour. I saw Ghost of the Forest play. I saw them play at the Greek Theater uh, with Yola Tango opening, which oh. was incredible. It was an incredible moment. Shout out Yola Tango, you son it of a It was unbelievable. Bitch. I couldn't. I couldn't even believe it. <laughs> I was like, they're opening. What? Like, what's going on? But. Uh, very very cool show. He could believe it, ladies and gentlemen. He could believe it, absolutely. Yeah. He's just trying to make me feel better. <laughs> I remember talking to the person next. I remember uh, there, there, I talked to a lot of people that show that were very memorable, but one person in particular next to me uh, t- was talking to me and uh, before the show. They weren't chomping, but they were talking before the show. And <laughs> <laughs> they had seen uh, Ghosts of the Forest before, and I asked about the music, and they were like, "Oh yeah, it's Trey, and it's very personal." I guess do we need to even go into the whole thing that this is this is a band that included half of Fish, it's it's Fish and uh, and Trey, but then also uh, the other half is bit was basically the Trey and Estasio band, and it was this project was in response to the passing of Trey's best friend, Kiss. Chris Cottrell. Um, you can find out more about this in the Child. movie Between Me and My Mind, which was the Trey Anastasia documentary that came out this year. Yeah, it must have been twenty nineteen, I think. Yeah. And uh it's great. Yeah, film. it's it's great it's a great movie and it's uh it really gives you a great insight into Trey and what was going on to with him at this time and I think maybe even somewhat coincidentally just happens to also capture this moment where he's losing somebody that's very important to him. Uh um, yeah. There's a lot of songs on this uh, album that also strike me uh, very personally. I'd lost my father a couple of years before this to cancer, which is what Chris Cuchel died from. And some of the lyrics and things just really connect with me on an emotional level. Um, I love About to Run, yeah. and I'm g- about to ruin this whole sentiment by just the next thing that I'm about to say, which you're not going to like, but which is that it reminds, oh, it reminds me, I, I feel like it is a little bit in lineage with a, a song by kind of like a Neil Young and Crazy Horse type of song. It has been a wonderful <laughs> podcast, everybody. <laughs> but just the drive of it being this kind of um, nakedly emotional thing that's also like this very E minor guitar run thing that with long solos in between just feels like a very connected to that. I mean, <laughs> you're saying all of these words like they're bad things. I don't. Dan is not, a, is not a Neil I'm, Young fan. Continue, go ahead. I'll get. To, uh, I uh, I like Crazy Horse. It's the only Neil Young that I like. You know this. Oh, okay. Besides when he plays with the band, which is the best. I love Crazy Horse. Besides when he plays with the band, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the yeah. band, right? Because I mean, Crazy like, Horse yeah, is that's a the band. band. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, for sure. that's the yeah, best. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. So. I remember the person next to me at the show saying, like, I was like, what are the best songs? And they were like, oh, there's one that there's that Fish is totally going to play and it's going to be great. And then they nudged me during the show and were like, this is the, this was the song. So I definitely remember it. Mm. I also remember that they had a cool video effect going on during this when he soloed where he was, like, bouncing between the screen. Like, a silhouette of Trey was, like, bouncing. <laughs> totally telling the <laughs> truth. 
though I don't have any pictures to prove it, I don't think. But I love this version. This is the first version Fish played ever of About to Run. And you gave it a five out of five. I did, yes. Correct. I gave this five out of five. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, I was so scared. I'm glad that I'm not disappointing you. You had me thinking I was, you were going to give it less. I was than really, that. I was really, no, I was only nervous about the uh, crazy horse comparison. Oh, oh no, that's fine. I, I, I do like crazy. I don't mind crazy horse. Crazy horse. I feel is like cool. you could get down. Although I get the I idea. Could, yeah, yeah. I feel like you could get down with crazy horse just because it's mostly, like, like I think your problem is mostly like the voice, right? And and for crazy horse, he like yeah, Neil's not singing. Sings, well, not well, singing at sings, all. He sings and then it's like the you know and then it's like the just long solo. He says yeah. uh, he says things like as you mentioned E minor. Be on my side, I'll be on your side. Um, I went with seven and a half. Ooh. This was my Mount Iculus or Mount Fish. Fic, uh, it, this w- this I wait, went wait, wait. with this was seven your and Mount a half. Iculus for set oh, two. Yeah. This was my Mount Finculus, oh yes. My God. It was so hard to choose though. And I mean I feel like you can you know what I'm saying. Like it's it was so hard to choose. The only reason I went with it was because and I could have gone with not the next one, which I thought about heavily, but the one after that. But I just something about knowing that it was the first version that I had ever heard made me be like, Alright, there's something to that, you know serendipity or whatever <laughs> boom here's my extra fins i uh i wrote a little uh ditty for this one as well um based on the song tom tom club by the tom tom club uh what's the song called kev the tom tom club the, the um uh genius of love that song genius of love yeah thank yeah, you yeah. yes i wrote a little ditty based on genius of love about this song specifically okay all right i'm in heaven with my fish band my favorite fish <laughs> band i like that tray he is good at guitar when he plays those notes my dick gets so hard <laughs> and then i wrote in of course the voice of chris france uh, fish can do it too y'all <laughs> so that's all that i wrote down for the entire thing but i feel like that encapsulates everything that I believe about this version. It is amazing. Trey just shreds to the maximum extent. Pretty great. Which is it's pretty pretty great stuff. Good God. As you said, his uh his tone in this show is just insane. It's nasty. Yeah. Yeah, yes. no, I totally felt that too. And this song is just a vehicle for that in terms of jamming, but mm-hmm. that's fine. If I if I had I I gave it five fins because it's Fish's maiden voyage and it's already this good. That's pretty like pretty incredible. <laughs> but it's also like um the, the the maybe a slight thing, very, very slight, is that like I mentioned, we're in this block of four songs and this one wall great. And I'm glad to hear that it got your extra fins. That that makes me feel yeah. a lot less nervous so reasons, but yeah. about some of the other selections that I had made because I assumed <laughs> I should stop thinking about your rankings or something. But for some reason, I had assumed that this whole rest of the set was just going to be a total run on on the fins. But it's uh, pretty close. It's uh, <laughs> it's getting there. I don't gain any fins for the rest of this set. <laughs> 
until the very <laughs> yeah. This, so about to run ends, and we get the song "Mister Completely" coming up next. And I swear to God, I didn't have to look it up when I uh, first heard this song starting. I'm lying, by the way. I definitely had to make sure that it was Mister Completely. <laughs> I was pretty sure it was, but I wanted to make sure. We hit uh, Mister Completely in the 2017 show that that back in episode two. Um, I gotta say, this podcast, uh, you know, this is a song I liked, but now having hit two of them that were both really good, I'm, I'm way even more on board with Mister Completely than I ever thought I was. Uh, I think we, I think Hell we mentioned yes. in episode two, this is like a real Trey, you know, Trey Anastasio band staple, and uh, and has been from literally the inception of Trey Anastasio band, but for Fish, it's kind right. of uh, kind of come on more. More recently, um, this was the first version they would play of three this year. I kind of always associate it with uh, a version that they did at the Baker's Dozen, which was really good. But they also did mm-hmm. a version. The next version they did this year was in the Camden 2019 show, which I already mentioned. But oh, that show is that show is absolutely killer. Um, do you like that? You like that one more than I this do, one? Yeah, I do. Hmm. Uh, did you listen to that one as well? I did. Interesting. Well, they're very different too, and I think it's not that it's bad. Of course, yeah, they're, they're very different, different and and they're Go kind ahead. of that one's the sort of that one kind of takes the place of like a down with disease set two opener kind of slot where it's very right. exploratory. Yep. But yeah, I mean, this one is so cool, and and one thing about it that's like, I, so I wrote down a bunch of like timestamps and stuff, but uh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence, but. Uh, yeah, I had it's <laughs> almost like we like the same <laughs> band. <laughs> yeah, actually, hit me with some of your tam- timestamps, and then I'll I'll see if we where we line up. All right, yeah, that's fair. Cause, uh, um, so, um, well, uh, I gave it a five first of all, as I'm sure you would assume at uh-huh. this point. Um, the chairman of the boards starts uh, an appreciator. Or although actually I wrote down that he starts an appreciator, but I'm realizing now probably he was playing that pattern, which is frankly just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it's around the three ten mark, uh, and that is just amazing. I also wrote down that uh, by all logic I shouldn't forget what song is playing as easily as I did with this one. I'm I sh- I crap you not. I had to look like three separate times while this was going on. In the course of like whatever it is, eleven minutes, I had to check like three separate times to make sure that it was still Mister Completely, <laughs> because I was just they were just moving all over the place. It was amazing. I wrote down around uh, s- almost the seven minute mark. There's tons of Sammies, love them Sammies, and uh, the layers that they're putting on there. It's like an onion sandwich, just unbelievable. Seven fifteen mark has a. Uh, a line, a guitar line, very similar to something that happens in the quote-unquote Dan's best version of a tweezer ever. That's happening. Yeah. And then uh, the slow build yeah. of that sound is like, I love that. And then I real I didn't save anything past that because the entire second half of that jam is just unreal. Like, oh my gosh, it's 2019. This is how old are they when this is taking place? What's Trey now? Fifty eight, right? So that he's fifty. Yeah, it feels like we've all aged like five years since twenty twenty. But yeah, technically, uh, unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> he was old. They were over fifty years old while they were doing this. Yeah. Yep. 
I challenge anyone out there to email us at fivefinsmailbag <laughs> at gmail.com and tell me about a better a band that has gone on to play better shows that long after the start of their career. Somebody out there is shouting you too, and we're both like, nope. Anyway, so uh, and we're yeah, they're a great no. band, but you know, <laughs> I mean, it it ends at some point. But love them, love the band. Um, yeah, I had the seven fifteen mark thing as well. There's also that to me, it's also this sort of he kind of he kind of builds those chords into a something where then he's doing like these high arpeggios. Where it's like da 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 you know it gets to that point and then I had the around the eight forty five mark he starts this kind of sustained notes and just sliding them up and down the neck it's almost sounds like a theremin kind of sound like that kind of like yeah and that part is so incredible. a peak but it's kind of like a version of a peak you know what i mean there's not like a huge it doesn't graduate to the stage of you know like the alpine valley ruby waves or something like that where it keeps going but you get the sense that and that's the same thing with all three of these jams when i say three i mean for me personally i mean the twist the mr completely (laughs) and the about to run's great but it's not really a jam but there's the twist the uh mr completely and then uh there's gonna be our track coming up which I won't spoil yet. Choo choo. But yeah, I mean, this is this is pretty <laughs> stellar. Um, I really, yeah, I did like. I think I would take the Camden one over this. But honestly, <laughs> this is where the ranking thing gets tough because they're so different, and and what they're doing in this is so interesting. And I think this was for a minute. I definitely had Mister Completely as the Mount Finculus for set two. Yeah. Um. And so I, I really wanted to reward it for what I perceived it to be as like this incredible thing, which I think it was. Um, and so I went with 5.3 on Mr. Completely, so I gave it a little bump. Whoa! Little, so, little so bump. far, all of y- I think all of your ratings have been higher than mine. Except for about oh, to not run. about yeah, to run. but other that was than the only one. yeah, other than that, which is that honestly that makes it even more confusing. I'm not it really lie. is. <laughs> it's not getting this podcast is that's not hilarious. getting any more. Uh, it's not getting any less confusing. That's for sure. As you finish, people as come you to know, know us, it only gets you'll see how it only gets weirder as we go through the shows. So our next track is light. Yes, I couldn't find a I couldn't find a helmet when this song started, so I had to go in raw. <laughs> which I just want to say, kids, don't do that ever. You really you know, have to. I'm be. talking about fish shows, of course. Definitely not talking about anything yeah, else. Yeah, y- exactly. Yeah, we're a, we're a PG podcast, but you you want to be you want to make sure you're safe when Trey starts unleashing these kind of effects on on you. You don't know where you don't yeah. know where that can sit. You, sit you don't know down. where that effect came from. 
don't drive. Don't it's, call an Uber. <laughs> Uber cars. Uber cars. Stop it. Get get some help. Get some help. Um, <laughs> this is the this is the first version of light they played out of seven in 2019. So wow. So um, I it. will say pretty uh yeah now it sounds like i'm gonna be i can't believe i'm outranking even this this is so hilarious to me but it's fine um yeah this version of light is really <laughs> good uh one thing i wanted to bring up through th- throughout this version of light is that it seems like page is really really intent on this kind of chord progression that i think is kind of coming from the mr completely thing where he's doing this kind of downward yeah. chord progression he keeps doing it throughout the whole mm. runtime of the song um Trey seems a little apprehensive to go there and to the point of almost seeming like he's ignoring him at certain times, which is kind of interesting. Um, but I wrote down uh, for some for some stampage. I wrote down uh, great uh, Mike and uh, Page interplay. I don't know if we have a name for that. Is that like a cactus sandwich? Like a um yeah. Well, uh, it would be like uh, what 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 would it be? It'd be like a tofu sandwich, right? Because uh, Mike doesn't eat meat. So yeah, Mike's a vegan. Whatever that would be. Yeah, so it'd be some kind of like yeah, it'd be some kind of like whole. Alt foods. avocado lettuce tomato. It'd be something you buy at Whole Foods for fifteen dollars. You know, like that's what it would be. <laughs> um, we've got a. Uh, Around the four and a half minute, we got Trey uh, hitting the Echo Plex for about the hundred and eightieth time in the show. He is so all over the effects, which I knew you were digging. I love it. This probably I fucking that's probably love part it. of the reason you love. That's probably yeah. What that's it probably is. that's yeah. probably a lot because it's it's so <laughs> it's so aggressive, like I say, but in a good way. Um, <laughs> around the five and a half, we got Trey. Uh, Trey starts soloing at that point, um, like really in earnest. You can tell. And it seems like uh, he is consciously leading the band, trying to lead them in sort of a darker, spacier direction. Mm-hmm. And they they do that for a bit. It feels a little conflicted. But then, in a way, when I first listened to this, to be honest, I felt like this jam was a little disorganized because it just sort of felt like there was a bunch of ideas going on, but nobody was really committing to it. But I actually, as I re-listened to it a lot, I really liked Paige insisting on this sort of downward chord progression i know we make jokes about the grateful dead dark star and all that but this has like a mind left body feel to it at certain oh times shit. where he's trying and i think <laughs> it's just because the mr completely that do 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 you know it's going downward and he has that kind of he's yeah. like sort of insistent on kind of bringing that back <laughs> and trey seems like kind of dubious about it but ready to to go with it so i liked that around the ten thirty mark mike comes in really hard. I always like to point in, point at the moments like late in jams where Mike is just like, oh, by the way, I'm here. Boom, but the boom, but you're like, holy shit, that <laughs> he can just do that. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, it kind of fades out and 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 goes from there. Uh, talking about these three, j- uh, I gave this four point eight. That, that was my ranking for light. What did you give? Close yeah. enough. I of course went with the five. I would say that. Um, Part of the reason I loved it was that dark star nature of how it is kind of a a loose thing where there's n- <laughs> everyone kind of just throws their own idea out there and then they all coalesce around a single idea. The only main timestamp that I wrote down though was that around the twelve uh, forty five twelve fifty mark, uh, the light stops growing brighter. Yeah, uh, very fast, yeah. and it gets incredibly dark. Right incredibly at the end, fast. you're saying, basically, or toward the end. Uh, yeah. Oh boy. Did it get dark there? I was like, 
Wow. Talk about uh, juxtaposition. Five, I gave it a five. I, I just couldn't bring myself to go any lower. It was so hard for me to choose between the last four songs, uh, which one would get my extra fins. Just so hard. Yeah, this is interesting because for, for me, I love About to Run, but I was like, that's a five. Just I just like, that's great, but I just kind of put that on the shelf, and I was like, okay. And then, <laughs> and then, and I, like I said, I think that's my favorite. Uh, in set one, we had "We Are Come Out Live Our Brains," probably my favorite. Uh, Kazut Fox mm-hmm. about to run's my favorite. Uh, goes to the forest. So this show really hits the jackpot uh, for those like those two projects. And hitting them like one per set, I think is like a good amount in some ways like if we had gotten like friend at some point from ghost of the forest i think we'd be having a different conversation about how we felt about some of the music at that time yes we um, would but yeah it's uh these three jams there's something about like i said there's something about each of them that i love like i love how in like for example um in the twist jam there's there's kind of this like like that that tray firing laser beams thing feels like it's so well positioned and well timed and they come out of it really well. I love the section of Mr. Completely with the kind of long sustained tray notes that feel like the theremin tones and I really like uh just certain sections of light like particularly that sort of like weird uh like Trey starting to solo and going kind of s- like sideways with it, and then like all the times like Paige kind of Paige kind of saves me listening to that jam with his like insistence on that because it kind of ties it together in a way that I think it normally wouldn't have. But when I was trying to rank them, it was interesting because I thought, well, this is really ultimately like a great version of Loving Cup. Like if you compare it against other versions, but then hitting these other jams i was like well i have to rank these higher because they're better like they're just objectively <laughs> better so I, I i that's why i went with the 5.96 thing as you know as opposed to going like whatever but i'm glad that uh i'm glad that i i, I honestly thought that there would just be fish f- like fins for you just flying out the door uh, during the second set so i'm glad to know that i wasn't crazy i I struggled. Yeah. I struggled. <laughs> and I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad that you did. I appreciate that. <laughs> so we get this, yeah, just really great, intense section there from from Twist through Light. Um, and then the next song we hit is Waste. God damn, though. Really right? great placement for it. This is like the cool, Holy cool crap. down after the, after the. This is the placement of. The placement patrol turned around they, and left. They, at they this retired. Point. They like, Never mind. They, yeah, they they. Uh, this was their last day on the Although, job. Although, su- surprise, surprise, uh, maybe surprise here. I think they might have left a little bit early. Okay, but anyway. So, 
waste comes up. Um, yeah. I feel like again, <laughs> I need to uh, maintain the concept that I'm ranking these things against the other versions of them. So, if I say that the last song was four point seven and this is five, I'm not saying that this is like a better jam. I'm just saying, in terms of waste, I don't know what else I want from it other than coming after a great jam intense set. I just love the placement here. It's a good performance of it. Say it. I gave it five minutes. Yes! I feel like I am winning the ultimate battle of this show <laughs> in the long run. <laughs> I really do. Maybe maybe it's all in my head, but I feel like I'm winning this. <laughs> um, I also gave it a five, Kev. Was it it's the, the perfect that's placement. in your head? Or the show you that's can in your head? <laughs> Please email us um, gmail.com P-H-I-P-E Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could have keep going. Uh, it, it's the, it's, when it comes to perfect placement of a, so, of, of a perfect song for a set too, right? There's no way that it gets better than this. Agreed. They just rip you apart for the last four songs and then they hit you with a song that like you you can feel this the the entire venue you can feel the heat leaving as people start to sit down you can hear the slaps on the backs of the buddies who it's like only their fourth show they're finally getting light <laughs> or uh, sorry they're you can hear the slaps on the backs they're finally getting yeah. waste like it's is <laughs> great anyone uh who is uh member of the church of dave knows this is a huge deal in the gospel <laughs> uh must must be dave matthews favorite fish song by far seems like it's gotta be uh it, it's amazing like it, it's uh the fish girls are swaying in the front row they've got their sunglasses on uh i just i just don't i don't see it getting any better i don't I don't know that I've ever not grabbed my friends when I hear this song live. You know, it's it's a great song. Great placement. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Five fins. <laughs> well said. I think that's all we need to do on that. Uh, the next track is Susie Greenberg. Yeah. Dan, what did you rank Susie Greenberg? I wrote, uh, I wrote, as I stand back up to dance to this song, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was a pretty normal version. Um, I still gave it four and a half just because it's uh, it was a nice little thing, but I I could be talked into a four. It was a great version of Susie, but after waste, it kind of almost felt like it was a little too much. But it was good. I should take that back. It was really good. It was good. It was a four and a half. I gave it a four and a half. Yeah, it just it just feels like a I I'm with four. Um. Susie is arguably an automatic four in second sets and 3.0, but I don't think we need to go there right now. We'll figure that out. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. I like uh, uh, Fishman uh, doing the, how about those blues? (laughs) That's a, that's a funny moment. Yeah. Um, So just literally acknowledging it, you know, for the first time, kind of, I I guess outside of playing Gloria (laughs) is acknowledging it. And, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they missed the Stanley Cup thing, so Fishman's just like, hey, you miss saying, you know, uh, take a drink from the Stanley yeah. Cup, so Fishman's like, yeah, I'll just bring it up. Um, good stuff. 
Um, it's funny with Susie. I feel like we didn't hit it for a while, and now we've hit it last show, this show, and we're going to hit it again. <laughs> so we're getting Susie. We're Hey-o. getting Susied out a little bit, but uh, I'm always kind of down for it. I think the thing here is that you're doing waste. The show's almost over, so you got to do something. Susie pops up. I think it's the right call. It's a high-energy show. The whole bookend of like Chuck Does Torture and Susie Greenberg, that feels very like 90s fish. I'm down for that. Four fans, pretty good stuff. Uh, we get the encore here, which is I'm gonna do it together. This is Farm where first two. This is you did it together as well. Uh, I was just gonna bring them up together, but uh, uh, sure. Oh, okay. uh, uh, what'd you rank uh, Farmhouse and or first two? Well, so this is where I think the most contentious part may be. I felt like this show should have ended with Farmhouse. I love First Two. One of my favorite songs. But I don't know that we needed two songs in this encore. That whole second set was so ripping. It felt like when they started First Two, I was kind of like, I don't know. So I gave Farmhouse five fins, um, but I only gave First Two four and a half. Uh, I just, it just didn't feel like they needed it, you know? And I, and it sounds bad because, you know, I'll, t- I'll take all of the fish that I can get. But at the same time, from a, a placement patrol perspective, like I was on high alert at this point, you know, like uh, character zero coming, which it didn't. Not to say thank goodness because I love character zero, but I don't think that would have fit with this show. Yeah. Um, but it just they come out for farmhouse. I. Trey kills that guitar solo every time. I don't care that he does that same line every time because it's amazing and it sounds beautiful and his tone is awesome. Uh, I don't think I needed First Tube after that. Or, or I should say, I would have taken either. So if they came out and just played First Tube, I would have given First Tube a five. Because he, again, he rips it up in that solo. He really takes it to town. The band takes it to town. I just, this this felt like a one-song encore to me. You would, would you have preferred uh, just First Tube? This is where it's going to get weird, because you know me. I would have just preferred Farmhouse. Interesting. What about, so yep. you said Farmhouse Zero, you would have liked that more? Farmhouse over Zero, yes. I'm saying if they did Farmhouse and then Zero. No. I just wanted Farmhouse. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not really contentious in the sense, like, I don't, I mean, I gave I gave Farmhouse a four. Uh, I gave uh, First Tube a 4.7. I only docked it to point three because there's one, like, <laughs> eight-bar section where Trey is just completely lost at sea. <laughs> it's like, well, has no fucking idea what he's doing. Um, I'm, I, I disagree with your point. I'll say that. I, I don't think you can send an audience out that just won the Stanley Cup on Farmhouse. It just feels like the Farmhouse is great, but, like, these people are jacked up and they're excited. And I feel like you gotta, you gotta bring that energy to end the show. And I, 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 yeah. I, I don't think that, I think the thing with encores that we've hit in this show too, is like so often, like they are almost like the, a total afterthought for me in terms of listening to them to prepare. 
not because uh, like right. they're bad or anything usually, but it's just like you know, it, following in the very Grateful Dead lineage of jam bands, like <laughs> the encores are generally like, yeah, we we know we have to do this, so we just have to do it. With that right. said, I mean, it's a wholly different vibe. Yeah, and with that said, like first tube and Twee Prize, I think are two that I'm always I'm always pretty pleased to get to. Um, just in yeah. terms of like you know. Like literally, I heard this probably I don't know twice before, and then like bef- right before we were on the phone, I like went from waste because I spent so much time in the 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 heat of the second set, <laughs> mid second set part that I just went from like waste to the end, and I was like, I was just singing along and bopping along and having a good time, and it's like you know, like I say, I docked it because of the tray thing, but like you know, I mean, this is we're talking about playing with house money slash people. Heading, you know, running up the hill, heading back to their cars or whatever. It's not it running up that <laughs> hill. Or no, I guess this is that. Uh, this is an indoor thing, so it's probably different. But you know what I mean. It's kind of the show's over. But I, I, I like, I like a first. I like. I, I'm always a sucker for the uh, Trey Jedi mind trick thing at the end too with the guitar. I'm always, eh, I'm always yeah. down for that. It's I'm a. Uh, he is a Jedi. He is a Jedi, so I I'm mean, a sucker for that trick. You know. We can prove that scientifically. <laughs> Unlike everything else we've said on this podcast so far, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, as a except the 2019 stuff, yeah. So, um, as a con- <laughs> <laughs> we'll just lay it up. Um, so as a conclusion here, I mean, I really enjoyed this show a lot, and it's funny how to me this was such a sort of uh, late bloomer in terms of the the set list like it the last part of it really really sunk in for me i think um first set didn't didn't totally do it but uh and and the even the sort of more pertinent stanley cup gloria loving cup part just so, sort of in retrospect feels like oh that was fun but you know that's as far as it went but in terms of this last uh the last part here i spent a like an inordinate amount of time thinking about how I was going to rank those three jams <laughs> because I was like, there's something about each one of them that they're different, but there's parts of them that I love and there's parts of them I don't love. And so, you know, in any real moment, you know, a slight breeze could have like affected me to be like, Oh, I think, you know, Mr. Completely really probably was the best thing on the night, but um, <laughs> maybe that's what you're talking about. The 2019 thing where I think there it's, it's a little bit more, interpretive in terms of what what you're getting out of it as opposed to oh they did the 30 minute version of tweezer and then they did other stuff you know what i mean (laughs) it's not that kind of show yes it's a very different kind of show this one is at least and um i really appreciated it fish is quote unquote not that kind of girl (laughs) did you have any final conclusions about this show in particular um, yes, I would conclude that your assessment of the first set is incorrect <laughs> and that mine is correct. Uh, I didn't say insults. And now I, I said love conclusions. Fish. That's a different. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> I was I was not listening correctly. Let me rephrase this. Um, You're an idiot. And uh, and I'm. Yes. Uh, thank okay. you. Yeah. Pretty much. OK. Yeah. So look, look, here's here's <laughs> here's my thing. I I still maintain what I said that 2019 is amazing that's actually not what i said but that's what i'm moving it down to now because i you know i can admit when i'm wrong except i can't so i just find like a nice middle ground and pretend like i did um 
I think 2019 I thought okay I think walking away from this show I think I can firmly say 2019 possibly an underrated year based on this show and the rest of the tour to come um I think it's a wonderful moment in history I think it's amazing that they were playing when this happened but that the blues won the Stanley Cup I think that's awesome I think this set list is incredible and I think that We Are Come To Outlive Our Brains is a song that should be in uh, the rotation forever and ever as much as possible because it is a great song and I love it and please please guys play it all the time <laughs> we didn't mention that the final hurrah is quote so at the very end of first tube uh page does the oh, yeah. into rock thing which is <laughs> awesome uh yeah i agree with the de- i definitely agree with the thing that it is incredible that this moment like occurred you know what i mean that 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 just that they have yeah. to be there <laughs> like during playing a hockey arena as the hockey team is winning the stanley cup like there's no way they could plan like these things get planned out so far in advance you know that that's just something that yeah, had to happen it's crazy and i even remember like um i mentioned my my basketball centric roommate but bringing this up to him and it was like he was like googling stories like oh yeah people like people wrote stories about it you know like sports sites were writing stories like you know fish plays you know this thing they happen to be (laughs) playing there and it was such a kind of a cool like little like weird overlap you know between where like fish has these moments where they can just kind of pop into the pop culture for like five seconds but there's no there's no lasting impact it's sort of like yeah that was cool but the only people who remember us are us you know (laughs) we're the only ones who fucking care um yep oh man thanks so much for picking this show though man because i gotta say if you had asked me about this show and like we hadn't done it for a podcast i'd be like oh yeah gloria i remember that whole thing and like these three jams just took over my brain for like five days and i couldn't get and i was like Uh, it was i'm so glad it was it was beautiful man and and uh to continue that proud tradition of uh us trying to shake over each other's brains uh i'm going to announce on air here our next podcast March 13th of 1991 at the Boulder Theater in Boulder, Colorado. We're doing the opposite extreme of uh, shows that uh, that took place. Uh, we did, this is the most recent one we did. This is going to be pretty much farther back than we've actually gone. I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm I'm excited to get it. Well, I think I think that uh, anyone who looks at the set list will understand what we mean when we say going further back. Uh, especially as you get to the very end of the set, you'll be like, "Wow, I didn't even realize they played that one." I am very much looking forward to listening to the early '90s shows. If you'll notice, 1991, 91, flip that around, 19, 2019 conspiracy absolutely reality who knows i have um in terms of our fin totals i i have tabulated them to the best oh, of yes. my ability <laughs> and there's transtasio bandulated them <laughs> i and i have to say that um, <laughs> i ended up with way more than i thought i would and i feel like i gave a decent amount away but i think the second the first set i should say kind of uh might have cemented uh this fate but 
Um, you walked away from the show with seven and a half fins yep. remaining. Yeah, yep. I did. Okay, I walked away from the show. That's a net negative. I walked away from the show with 22 and a half fins remaining. Which is uh, so insulting. I mean, I, I also My feelings are deeply you hurt. A lot of a lot of the the second set there, but it was also it was just the Not first enough. set. Yeah, it wasn't enough. Wasn't enough. But like I said, uh, this next show is one that's really uh, uh, kind of uh, near and dear to me in some ways. So I assume we're gonna walk out of that pretty even. But hopefully, I can gain just a little bit of ground. But you know how I am. We've both seen the set list. It seems unlikely that I will be able to gain any sort of ground. I'm really curious to hear yours in the next. Yeah, show. I'm really curious to hear your take on it too, because this is the kind of show that we haven't really done yet. We haven't done a lot of shows from this period, right. um, and the way that they sounded is so different than even you know the other shows we've done from earlier on, like the late '90s or or the you know getting towards the you know um, the 2000s era, and obviously all the ones we've done after that. So I'm really curious to to hear how this all breaks down on your on your end. But uh, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next time on Five Fans.